You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Back for another bloody week. Spring has sprung and pollen fills the air as well as the nostrils of unsuspecting people who suffer greatly at the hands of hay fever. Particularly beaters. Particularly people that are alpha in persuasion uh, with strong cores and defined muscles. Uh, Rugby league finals upon us. It's officially a Mad Monday. Happy Mad Monday. We can only hope as a community of punters and dribblers that Whatever atrocities are committed over the ensuing six months, they're all not too dark and not too hairy and more of the humorous persuasion. But I'll say this, when the rugby league final starts, you're basically... Silly season is on the horizon for the nation. We're all locked down, yes, but I feel silly season is on the horizon. I am back, no longer sick, a little bit blocked nose, but I have managed to avoid coronavirus for a third time. Uh, I am an elite, I have an elite immune system, clearly. Um, Joining me as always, the one and only uh, Minister for Sport, Edward Simpson, how are you? I'm good, mate. I wouldn't say that your immune system's elite, though. As someone pointed out, no, Since I've been listening to the podcast, you've got sick like 20 times. Yeah, right. And I've, got this, I've never got sick. Mm. And that's a fair point to make. I get that. It's a point. It's a point, but I, I've got another point. You don't have a fucking child who goes into a Wuhan wet market once a week and comes back You were with, getting sick before you had the kid, mate. Uh, literally, I was sick once last year. You had shingles. That wasn't last year. Shingles. It ha- it's happened. Shingles has happened in your life. Shingles has happened, and that I can tell you why. (laughs) I can I can explain. I can reverse engineer shingles coming into my life. I was living in a share house in Redfern in the basement and had no windows nor ventilation. I was living on a diet, a rich diet of bacon, and I was drinking and bending heavily, responsibly but heavily. Shingles came into my life. There was other people. You know what's funny? You're not the only only friend of ours to have lived in that basement. And none of them got shingles. No, but I lived in there the longest. So as like a a test case, you're the weakest. Well, there's an argument to be made for that. But I was was living in there the longest. Do your own research whether that's true. Uh, And I was living through a very hot summer. Like I remember being down there and the walls would sweat. Like I was sweating because of the heat and the walls were like, fuck, it's hot down here, bro. That makes me feel ill. I had like de- like dehumidifiers down yeah. there that was sucking the moisture out of the air. It was fucked. How often would you have to empty them? Regularly, they'd, like it they'd, would. They'd, they'd, be, they'd be sucking. Yeah, they were the water. hardest working machines on the planet. Um, so look, that's a different story. Have I had shingles? Yes. Funnily enough, it coincided with Steph taking me back. Like, what a horrible time for that to happen. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it didn't do her. Yeah, either. if you didn't, she if you hadn't heard before, she dumped me like two weeks before we went on a fucking couples trip to Bali with Eddie and Ella and fucking Jarch and Steph and Hamish and Carly. Uh, was it not Jarch and Steph no. at that time? No. Uh, but the others are correct. Then she we broke up for like a year and a half, and then she took me back, and I had shingles within like a week, and I was like, oof, not a great time for you to fucking, you know, 
take the boy back. All not important. My immune system's fine, man. It's just when you have a kid, they go to daycare, they get very... They, it's like a fucking... I don't know how you run a daycare and you're not sick all the time. Are you immune compromised? Immunocompromised? Well, I do get psoriasis, so maybe. There you go. It's a it's an autoimmune And you get hay fever. And I get hay fever. And, and I you get sick once a month. I used to have asthma. I'd been to it's Look, I've, it's okay. I've been be, sick be. more in the last year than I have fucking for years. Like that is the truth. I have been a sick little boy. And it just hit me hard on Wednesday. I woke up. I was like, oh, is this just hay fever again? Because the hay fever has come earlier this year. I don't know about you other hay feveries out there. Is that because of global warming? I'd say it has something to do with global warming, Eddie. I don't want to make the connection. Well, this ain't the place to make the connection. You know, I mean, we're not a political podcast. Uh, I know that, you know. Well, it would be a scientific podcast. Yes, but it's politicised, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, science politicised by the stupid. It definitely has something to do with global warming, is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but, so that got me. Wednesday was down, was in bed all day. Steph likes to take photos of me when I'm sick because I have to wear sunglasses all day because my eyes get... Yeah, I get that. Fucked for Sensitive. light. So I'm inside with sunnies on and I had like tissues jammed up each nose because they were running. Went and got my COVID test. There's obviously a bit of a delay with the results because everyone in the country, well, like there's, you know. You got them relatively quickly. I got it relatively quickly, but they were, I think I got it Friday though. Usually you get them within like a few hours or at least before Delta, like the last time I got it, the test, it was within the day. Yeah, because no one was getting tested. Exactly. Um, but anyway, down, struck me down. We missed the Thursday pod. I was a little bit sick, but then I'm back now, dude. I'm back. I think I get stronger and stronger every time I get sick, if that makes sense, like off the back of it. It doesn't make sense because you keep getting sick. But anyway, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Thank God you didn't have COVID. That would have been a spanner in the old works. Yeah, there was, I never really thought I had it, but there was a moment where I was like, Jesus though, everyone's getting it now. Like this could be the time. You know, and I was like, where the fuck would I got it from? But that's probably what everyone says. Probably Dior. That little fucker. He is riddled with COVID. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, look, we live to fight another day. Yeah. And the punter and the dribbler do too, because it would have ruled us out for a while, I think. It would have, or it would have been, you know, weird Zoom pods, which... Yeah, they suck. We can't really do those. It's not really our flavour. No, it doesn't lend... We don't lend ourselves to Zoom pods. We can do them, sure. Of course we can do them. But they're not our preference. Of course we can do them. Um, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Did you do anything? Um, fuck, what did I do? Again, I'm what like... Do you do? I feel yeah. like I'm in Groundhog Day. We I are. feel like I do the same thing every fucking weekend or yep. every day, really. Yep. The only, the only change to my life is doing podcasts during the week. That's the only change. Yep. That's all that I get to experience. It's the only change in my life. I went for walks, Tom. You are you are walking your dick to the bone at the moment. It seems like that's all you do. Oh, well, I got a, I've got a dog, a pooch. Yes, you do. Name's Tonka. He's big and thick and strong, um, and he likes to walk, dude. Yeah. That's that's what that's what gets him out of bed in the morning. Yeah, going for a nice stroll, a couple of dumps. You Big know? ones, eh? I bet. Yeah, huge. Dumps of consequence. God, dumps of consequence. Let me tell you, dumps of consequence. You have DOCs. to... Do, do, do you have to pick up DOCs on a bushwalk or do you let that live? Well, it depends where we are, Tom. If there's no one around and we're deep in the bush and he's off the path... Yeah, off-piste. Excuse if he's off-piste, I would say... I think that he's giving back in some ways. I don't see... To the earth. Yeah, if you're on a bushwalk, I think a dump in the bush... 
is natural. A dump on a footpath, not so much. No, no, no. You, you have to pick a DOC up off the off the footpath. Um, but on a bush path, if you don't have you know someone behind you who's judging your every fucking move, yeah, you let it live. Yeah. And if it's if it's on the path, if you can close to the path. You get a stick and yeah, you just flick it off. So I mean, I'm fertilizing the earth, yeah. and the earth in return is nourishing Gro- nourishing you and growing things to give you oxygen and shit. That's right. So it's the circle of life, punters and dribbles. It's yeah. the circle of life. Yeah. Um, and it's it's part of the circle that I'm prepared to uphold. Yes. By leaving DOCs on the on, ground on bush paths. <laughs> um, before we go any further. Thank you to everyone who uh, got a Hello Sport bloke collab shirt. Uh, the beer soon tees. They are still available if you go to bloke.shop. Uh, not for very long, though. Limited time only. Have sold a uh, rugby league fuckload. Everyone's getting them. So if you haven't, don't be one of those losers who misses out and then goes, Oi, are they still on sale? And you're like, bruh, we told you and we told you and we told you again. Limited time only. Three different colours. I may as you may as well just get all three if you you know if you're smart. Um, I'd get all three. Yeah, but genuinely, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Kempy obviously appreciates it, um, and I think the world at large appreciates it because they're the, probably the most important t-shirt to be made to date. Yeah, yeah, it's just people helping people, yep. healing the world through shirts, through t-shirts. Something to think about. <laughs> Father's Day, Eddie. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you, mate. Same to you too. We were just talking before we started that like well, people with pets fucking claim Father's Day and it's like, well... Like some people do. Dave does. Dave, a 22-year-old dad, essentially, if you fucking go by his thing, it's like, oh, I'm a, I got a dog. Because like, yeah, he was telling us that he was shared... Yeah, him His and, vet shared him on, as father. Yeah, he got shared on his vet's Instagram as a father. Is it your dog, Dave, or your parents' dog? It's actually my dog on its like certificate of ownership or birth certificate or whatever. It says my name. Right. So technically I am But who father. purchased the dog? Well, it wasn't all of How my money. How old were you when you got the dog? It was like less than three years ago. Okay, do you feel as like, you know... And I was very much the catalyst for getting an dog An ultra-left, well. woke, fucking Antifa liberal. Do you feel like conflicted about the concept of owning the dog? Like, do you sort of just want to be... Do you know what I mean? Does, it, does the dog like being owned? Um, I wouldn't say so, but I wouldn't classify the dog as, you know, private property, something that would be owned and would be, you know... Right, you said the ownership certificate, though. I just think that was Well, I don't know what the correct name for it is. Maybe the guardian certificate. That wasn't even a microaggression. That was a (laughs) macroaggression towards the dog. (laughs) The certificate that says I have to pick up its shit, and if it gets in trouble, I'm paying for it. Right, yeah. If he gets caught, like, boozing at the park from the coppers, you got to come pick him up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What's its name? Cosmo. Cosmo, that's right. Shout out to Cosmo. But, yeah, if you've got a pet, and this is no disrespect... But if you've got a pet and you're trying to, like, unless you can't have kids, which is obviously fucked, or, like, you know, that's unfortunate. If you're just, like, a fucking 23-year-old dude who his name is Dave and you're trying to claim that you're a dad because you have a dog, then fuck you. I bet you're not getting up at four in the morning to change a shitty nappy. <laughs> that's, when you're, that's when you're in the trenches, you motherfuckers. Um, but, yeah, Father's Day was cool. Steph... Got me a barbecue, a webecue. I don't know whether that's directly correlating to the fact that she saw me fucking hitting mitts and thought I needed to become a little bit more manly. But I can't. Nothing help. manlier than a Weber. 
Up until this point, did you not have a barbecue at all at your place? No. Well, oh. because there's not really a space for it. But the Weber okay. Q's, you can actually get like, they're quite fucking, mm. like we got a small one, which is all you need cooking for me and Steph. Like I'm not hosting bloody, obviously once I get a palatial estate, I'll get some obnoxiously large fucking, you know, 18 burner barbecue where it's like. Well, we're 18 burner when you're doing fucking 50 rumps. Yes, exactly. And you got to, and I got to learn to do all that shit. But anyway, so I got a Weber Q, which was nice. But I think the thing that was most, that I, not that I appreciate the most, I like the Weber Q. The Weber, getting a barbecue, whilst it's great and I do like it, it's kind of like getting someone, like getting someone a broom in that you're buying them something to make them do something. I know that it, well, on some level, yeah, well, it depends. You, you enjoy eating though, right? But I hate cooking. But would you prefer your meat to be cooked on a barbecue or on a stovetop? Definitely a barbecue. There you go. But I mean, like, you, know, you prefer your house to be clean as well. But Yeah, but I, I have always thought that removing yourself from the kitchen setting, going around generally outside yeah. to knock a couple of frothies off and yeah. just turn meat is yeah. one of the great escapes of all time. It is the great escape. Now, men, generally speaking, I've always found this interesting. Generally speaking, men cook barbecues. Generally speaking, yeah. women do the salads. The salads, the salad game and the, and the setting of the table and all that shit, way more labour intensive. Fucking oath. But when you sit down for a meal, the meat is always the one. That's most appreciated. It's, 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 yeah. what's the, it's what gets all the fucking praise. Yeah. Like, this meat's incredible. This meat's phenomenal. No one cares about your fucking <laughs> salads. But I also, the salad is, I've now become a bit more of like a, I can appreciate a salad much more than I used to. And that's not like, I'm still pro meat. Like I'm a meat first operator. Yeah. But I'm certainly now like, ooh, what's in this salad, baby? Well, your, your palate matures. Yeah. It certainly it's does. It's as simple as that. Uh, and, Steph, and we have refined palates. We do. Very refined. Refined enough to complement a salad. Yeah. You know? And our miss, but so like Steph also like great with a salad. Yeah. So, you know. I think, that's, I think that's probably a, it's a in terms of the division of labor it's smarter to just have me doing very like rudimentary turning of well, that's a what i mean so you got to see it through the prism of look don't think for a second punters and dribblers that i'm not incredibly grateful for my barbecue i was just looking at it as like oh yeah that's also like a chore in a fucking box but that's me just being a negative asshole uh, what I did get as well, which was great, was she printed out some, uh, like, tokens for me on a piece of paper that was, like, um, that I can redeem at my own behest. Did you ask for them? No, she mentioned it at some point, and I was like, I like that idea. So it was like, um, I've got a token that can be played whenever I want for a night out, and it can also be played in conjunction with another token, which is a day off. So it's like I play my night out card and then the next day I play the fucking day off card so I can go and basically once this whole shit fight's over of the lockdown and I assume that all the fellas are going to get together for an almighty session, bang, there's my fucking night out card, bang, there's my day off tomorrow card. And then there's some other ones where it's like a date night, which obviously she has to be involved in. I can't be having a date night with someone else. And then like an adventure day where we do something with uh, with Evie. So all in all, pretty nice. I, I liked that. Uh, that was good. That was smart. Eyes up footy from Steph. Yeah, that's good. Eyes up footy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But I um. 
Sorry, let me turn that fucking thing to silent. I, uh, but we went to the park yesterday, and I mean, you've probably seen the video already, Edward. Well, I know you have. Uh, but packed as fuck park in Double Bay. Obviously, you know, everyone trying to be a bit... Stein COVID. Park? Not... St- yeah, Stein Park. That was where that was the field of dreams when field we were dreams, bro. when we were younger when Ooh, we were baby. 15 16 year olds underage drinking in the park and yeah. also filming location of streets of sydney i believe also one of the filming locations of streets of sydney with fingo and digit the uh eastern suburbs uh lads but we were there and me and evie like kicking a soccer ball around she's skilled beyond her wildest uh dreams for a one and a half year old and i'm just standing on the cricket pitch and this dude and this guy wasn't an asshole at all. He was nice about it. But he was just like, hey, man, um, can you get off the cricket pitch because I want to do sprints and I'm worried about running on the grass and rolling my ankle, which is a bullshit yarn because the grass couldn't be flatter at Stein Park. Like, it's not like you're on the fucking beaches of Normandy or whatever. Like, it's not like there's potholes everywhere. It's fucking an eastern suburbs park. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, no worries. But I was now very interested in this man's exercise regime because I was just like well he's piqued your interest well he's piqued my interest and now he's in the dead centre of this busy park on a Sunday on a Sunday Father's Day deciding to do sprints in the middle of the fucking park close to heaving bro but also like little kids running around everywhere that have no concern for this stocky gentleman who just wants to fucking you know when kids don't play eyes up footy they play they eyes down they just they just fucking run them wherever anyway this guy just starts fucking as hard as he can i'm like what the fuck so you, you're not born with self-awareness like some people have got self-awareness some people don't this guy had zero and then when i just happened to start filming him he just said to me he wanted to do sprints and then i look at him and he's like cantering like a fucking horse like lunging and shit i'm like what the fuck is going on i feel like people are losing their minds a bit in lockdown because that behavior is just fucking bizarre how long did he keep it up for half an hour half an hour because he wasn't then he was doing like little shuffles like he was it was like he was sprinting and then he's jumping and lunging and then he's fucking sprinting and like doing these little shuffles up and down just staying sharp staying ready i guess dude i mean what the fuck though right that's hilarious. That nothing would give me greater anxiety than doing what he was doing. Hundred percent. That's also what I was Father's thinking. Day. How I don't understand how I can. The thought of doing that gives me tremendous anxiety. Chills. Yet he can be so fucking into it to the point where he's asking people to clear room for That's him. Right. To fucking. I don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. How can how can people be that different? Like, you want to talk about fucking polar opposites, that's it. Yeah. Like, I try to exit, like, if I, it's like one of the reasons I like going to Centennial Park is because I can get away from everyone. It's such a big park, like, you don't, you can either just be running on the running track, which is what it's there for, but or you can, like, there's enough fields and shit to get away and do shit. This guy, dead centre of a not very big park on one of the busiest days... At for one like, of the busiest time slots. Yeah, for families to get away and do shit. You're like, bros, come on. But again, no self-awareness. Zero. Zilch. Zero self-awareness. But look, each to their own. I wish the man no ill. And it certainly wasn't... You want to punch on? No. Well, no, I didn't want to punch on. He was actually a fucking... He was jacked. Oh, you reckon he'd take you? 
I mean, anyone should fucking take me. But unless I took it to the ground, obviously that's a different story. I'm, uh, you know, much more of a... My judo background would help me get to the ground and then dominate. But no, <laughs> he would have probably fucking beat the shit out of me again. I think there's a perception going around that I love a stink. It's just it's, <laughs> it's just so not the case. <laughs> well, you talk about stinking all the time. No, I don't. It's you all, do. It started from the spaces guy, every, and he every, wanted to fucking mate, fight me. Fifty percent of podcasts we've done with Kempi have involved you wanting to fucking mate, flog someone. All I was talking about with Kempi was me just training boxing, which clearly, as people have seen, I still need to do. Uh, it wasn't that I wanted to fight anyone. Oh, you know what? And I'll leave. I'll leave it with this. I was at the park. I was going for a walk, a socially distanced walk with my old man and Evie. I think that's legal. If it's not, I didn't do that. Um, and uh, we're just walking through the park and there's an old, there's like a fucking middle-aged mum doing some boxing and kicking with a trainer. And she's shit, obviously. But like that's, I'm not judging her for it, but it's just like, and then this just out of nowhere, this guy just walks past us and goes, oh, you taking notes, bro? And then just walks off. I don't remember his name. He just looks and goes, oh, you taking notes, bro? And I'm like, uh, uh, what? Uh, fuck off, what? Fuck off. And then my man's like, what was that? I'm like, uh, I was just getting chirped by a dribbler, dad, uh, because I can't fucking box. So that's been What cool. fucking electric timing. It was phenomenal timing. I was actually pretty impressed with it, to be honest. But also, like... That's impressive, man. Just to be like, I'm just going to go and bag the fuck out of this guy. I don't... Well, you know, I'm just going to chirp this dude that I don't know. Well, I do know, but don't. He knows. No, he, he knows, knows us, obviously. But, knows like, you, you know. But yeah. he's a nice guy. But he's seen an opportunity and he's taken it. you got to respect it. you got to respect it. you got to respect Shout out to him. I think maybe his name was... Oh, he, you talked to him, so he didn't just walk off. He did. And I go, oh, fuck off, cunt. Like, you know, having a laugh. And, I go, and then he stopped and I was like, oh, what's your name? But I can't remember his name. But again, I was a little rattled at that point because I'd just been chirped in front of my dad and then I had to explain to dad that I can't box, which he probably wasn't proud of, you know? But he wouldn't have been surprised. No. God, no. No, he wouldn't have been surprised. Fathers know their sons. He knows me. He is, knows um, me. is there a bit of respect there from dad when you get recognised in public, especially when <laughs> he doesn't? <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, I didn't even think of that. It's, well, it's certainly never happened before. So dad was probably like, uh, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> um, Changing of the guard. I mean, again. Is that I'd, how you're trying to sell it to him? No. I, you know what? I'd feel I'd feel very uncomfortable doing that. I've got like an army of fucking, you know, a few thousand dribblers and dad's, dad's got a little, a few more runs on the board, I think. He was probably just more, I think he was probably just more disappointed that that many people know I'm a fucking, I can't box. He's probably just like, oh. Yeah. But he did steal my punters and dribblers hat, so that's good. That's a good song. That's good. good song. Yeah, Dad's starting to believe. He's starting to believe. Starting to yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. Do you love me, Dad? Are you <laughs> proud of me yet? No? All right. That's fair. Back um, to the drawing board. <laughs> exactly. We go again. We go again. you got to keep turning up. No, that's all that's right. That's all it is. Get up um, when the alarm goes off. Go again. Go again. Dad will love you. Dad will be proud of us soon. Yeah, one day. Is Chili proud of you yet? Shout yeah, out to the I dads. Think he is. Yeah, I think he is, you've yeah. got his pride. That's I think nice. so. I think so. Which oh, is nice. Good. Yeah, that is good. That is good. Keep um, it close. Hold it tight. Yeah, exactly. As soon as they say it, fucking hold on to it. <laughs> um, hold on to hold it. Hold on to it. You can't take that back, Dad. You said it. You, you said did it. Say it. Out. Holding you to it, Billy. Yeah. No, I'm sure he's proud. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, even though he hasn't expressly. Well, him. look, I'm sure he said it. You know, <laughs> he might have said it in certain part in passing. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't directly related to what I was doing. I don't, you know, I don't know. Might have been talking to Will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he might have been talking to my brother. But I was behind Will, so I felt like it still hit me. Yeah, went through Will. Yeah, if I wasn't looking at Will and I was just looking at Dad's eyes, it felt like he was saying it to me. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> don't want to start crying on the podcast. We should probably move on. <laughs> Dave, have you made some biscuits, mate? I have indeed, yeah. I spent my Sunday doing a bit of baking for the first time in a long time. You have. You made some cornflake cookies. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, Eddie, you should be trying them to like give him a score. I will score. How did you... Uh, how did you go, Dave? How did you find the process? You know what? Fuck it. I'll score one as well. It was bloody messy. Um, that was the first thing. Did I, I notice? Did I notice that you were doing it the old-fashioned way? No electric beater. Well, we do not own an electric beater. So you're not a big baking family. Not at all. Not a big baking family. My mum and I were like as clueless as each other trying to make it, and we didn't really. Oh, so know. you made them with mum? I did make them with mum. Oh, yeah. that's cute. Mama yeah. Bloom. What did yeah. you think of them, mate? Mate, they're good. They're very good, and like we. Do you reckon they're as good as mine? Oh, probably not. But, well, um, we'll be the we'll be yeah. the judge of that. Oh, just out, but like, just we, we straight spent, out of the blocks. Yeah, bit overdone. I would say you've, you've probably had them in for, oh, Jesus, maybe 90 seconds too long. Uh, oh, <laughs> makes all the difference. Just out of the 90 b- seconds is longer than you think in the baking You game. know what I mean? Yeah, right, on the undercarriage. Yeah, because the undercarriage will go first. Yeah. That's what you don't realise. Yeah. See, that's the inexperience. Because it's sitting through. on the pan that's, that's hot. That's right. And then, look, they, they are fine, though. I can see by assessing the, the choc chip themselves that they haven't turned. Mm. You'll find if the choc chip turns and become too burnt, it ruins the flavour. Right, completely yeah. ruins it. And so, what is it? What are you looking for when a cho- when a chip turns? <laughs> when a chip turns, it'll discolour, Tom. Okay, like what colour are we going? Because people need to know this. It'll go darker, quite okay. dark, right. and uh, you know, you basically throw them out at that point. Yeah, right. I think another one of the problems that I had was that the sizes were too inconsistent. I don't know if you can see in the box there, but there were some small ones, and then there were some big, thick boys. So I think the thick ones would be better in terms of like the right time cooked than the small ones. Which yeah, really, sure. Yeah. You gotta be, you just gotta be aware of that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And how, did you, where'd you, did you follow along with Eddie's video on the Instagram? We did. Yep. That's right. God, your mum must've been like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time. 30 play, minutes of Eddie <laughs> dribbling about cookies. Every time I play some of our content to her, she's just like, wait, like, and how many fans do you ever get? And people listen to this? Yeah. Well, like, listen, yep, mama blown. Right, mom. It's the future. Yeah. Welcome to the future. Yeah. But um, no, so it wasn't all analog tools though. Um, we have like, I don't know what you call it, like a Bamix, one of those sticks that just has the little blade at the bottom. Yeah, like a blitzer. Yeah, yeah, like that. So we use that, but there was still a certain amount of elbow grease that was needed because it doesn't really have the the same properties as a beater. Yeah. It's um and it's quite a dense yeah. consistency. So well, it's yeah, we were worried about that because yeah, it was right. real thick, and I was like, oh shit, is it meant to be this thick? Oh, it's got to be thick. Yeah, bro. yeah. You know, you're alive when you're ripping into these. Mm. And did you make them for your dad? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, so he it had wasn't, some. wasn't particularly... It wasn't particularly Father's Day. He was, day he was having his nap the whole time, so that was his Father's Day treat. Did he like them? Yeah, he liked them. Those sorts, Eddie, what are you thinking? I think he's done a relatively good job. I'd agree with that. The fucking... Very relieved. The, the full flakes of cornflake that are in the cornflake cookie mm. is almost the element that give, that puts it over the edge for like 
the cookie. It's this like it's this delicate, this delicate like high noted crisp that you mm. get. That's almost like sound is good. Mm. You know, like when they manufacture cars and shit, they make the thunk of the door closing sound audibly pleasing. Yes, this is what the cornflake cookie does. It's like it sounds nice. It sounds tasty. Well, it's an experience. Yeah, a sensory experience. Mm. Sight, sounds, smells, tastes, Tom. Mm-hmm. They've all got to work in unison, in harmony. For an elite cornflake cookie. Mm, that's right. To be best in class, you must overwhelm the senses, all of them. <laughs> You've got to be overwhelmed. <laughs> it's, it, and look, obviously, Eddie, you're... I defer to you for all things cornflake cookie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I always have. Yes. If I were to give a critique, and this is this is minor, but I have to do it, right? This mm. is what we're here for. Mm. Is it is it a touch on the dry side? They are a touch dry. Now, how much butter did you use? <laughs> um, well, so what actually happened was we we pretty much bought all the ingredients, especially for this, because we had none of them in the house besides maybe eggs. Mm. Um, and so we had shitloads of ingredients. So we were like, oh, let's just do a double batch. We can drop some around at people's houses or whatever. Mm. And then so we made the double batch of like eggs, sugar and butter. Worked out there was actually a shitload there and that one batch already makes heaps. So we try to cut it in half. We, uh, we use like the right amount of butter, I think. Okay. But then we also cut it in half at the egg sugar and butter stage again none yeah. of that made sense to me no one well, we're not experienced <laughs> bakers we were making it up as we go along. um make of that what you will yeah <laughs> so Look, we I, put I, I don't know there. He didn't answer yeah. well i don't know how much i think, butter we, all, we, use. I think we can all read between the lines and in, in assuming that dave didn't write use the right amount of butter no but, but that's fine he's only he's only he's a pinch off he's but, a pinch off is the dryness also a, a factor of it being a bit too undercooked? I mean, overcooked. But yeah, yeah. But you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a little bit of that softness mm. in the center, and it'll get a bit crumblier. Mm. Again, overcooking. But I mean, it's it's a it's a very it's a very good first try. I'll yeah, give it's you that. a great first try. I would say out of 10, 10 obviously being perfection. I think you're looking at. And be honest, don't gas him up. You know what I mean? Obviously, I know Mama Bloom involved as well, who we love, you know, but... I think you're looking at like a 6'8", like 6'9". A six, six, I think that's... And that's... I think that's a good score for a first try. That's a great score mm. for a first try. I'm happy with that as I mean, someone it's out of 10. Guy could have given you, you know, if a, a it, one. If a 10's perfect, yeah. you know, you can't... You've got to have room to improve as well. If you're giving him an 8, you're going, mm. well, that's bullshit. There's <laughs> no way it's an 8. Yeah. Eight's so, fucking good. Dude. As someone who doesn't Eight's pride themselves yeah. on their baking skills, I'm I pretty happy with that. I think six eight's good, and again, I defer to you all things cornflake cookie. So if you're going six eight, I'll I'll go a six eight as well. And you know what? If I was doing it because I have an immature cornflake cookie palate, I would have gone maybe a seven seven one, and that's because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That's the cornflake it. Mm-hmm. Cookie. Look, you got to you've got to fucking put them away. Yeah. I mean, you've got to. That's my third cornflake cookie ever. Yeah. So, you know, you're well behind. Um, and then I'm not going to eat the next thing you gave us, Dave, but it is Jewish Christmas or something. Uh, it's Jewish New Year Sorry. tonight and tomorrow Jewish. night. <laughs> Jewish Christmas. <laughs> Sorry. Which is Jewish close, New yeah. Year's and you gave us some sliced apples and honey. Yes. Apples and honey, bit of a thing for Jewish New Year. The reasoning being that you hope for a sweet New Year. Nice. And there's also a bit of a thing about having like the first fruits of the season. So if you have new fruits as well, like pomegranates or peaches are often used. Right. And yeah. why is it Jewish New Year now? Because uh, Jewish, the Jewish year works on the lunar cycle. 
Um, gotcha. I'm not sure how the years work on the lunar cycle, but the Grab months the work to like full moon and half moon and stuff. Sure. Which is a weird one because then when leap years come around on the Jewish calendar, you get an extra month on an extra day. So if you are watching the YouTube, you'll see that the fro what, dried apple is. I think that's dried apple. Yeah, that was just like Man, you know, it looks fucking dry. Not as dry were, as your biscuits, yeah. but no, that, that's not fresh apple. I assure you. Yes, um, I would have shocked me to yeah. learn that, that was <laughs> fresh, fresh apple. You're getting it from fucking. You're getting it from a bin if it is. You can, if you want to try, you can read the little like the you know, greeting you say to people on Jewish New Year, which is on the sticker there. Okay. I can do... <clears throat> Give it a whirl, there. I can do that. Yeah, try it out. In fairness, I have already broken my fast. I said before that I'm I don't know do if I'm going to get through a whole slice here. No. Look, fresh apples and honey, bomb treat. Really good. Can't really go wrong. Nice and crispy and sweet. Not sure how those apple and honey. So to all my go. Jewish friends here, um, Shana... Tuva Umed Commit Tuka Yeah, that was pretty close Shana Tova Umetuka There okay. you go uh -huh. mm -hmm. That sounds crunchy It's not too bad It's sweet Yeah mm. Almost like a lolly Yeah Well, I mean, it's apple and honey It's yeah. fucking It is a Dried lolly. apple <laughs> Yeah have a bar. Try the custom, Tom. Oh, fuck. There's also, it's also a custom when you have like the big celebratory dinner tonight or tomorrow night to have a fish head on the table. A fish head? A fish head, yeah. Because Can you eat the fish head? I don't think so. I feel like some people might because they're weird, but I don't. But yeah, because it's the start of the new year. I don't have that, without great respect to your religion and traditions, having a fish head on the table to signify the start of a new year doesn't make sense to me. Oh, look, if we're starting to like pick out what makes sense and what doesn't make no, sense. No, right. It was just more that you're like, because it's the start of a new year, well, I'm it's, like. It's the head of a year, you know. Oh, okay. Or so at it's least the start that, of an animal, so it's the head of a new year. That's what we got taught in school, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, it actually fair. does make sense. Now it makes sense. Mm. In a sense, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not knocking it. Like, no religion mm. makes sense, but. That was just confusing to me. Yeah. Um, but that was a nice apple and honey, dried apple and honey. I've got like, just to, I was worried that it was quite hard. I got a chip front tooth, which has been chipped for years. The dentist said that he, it was too small to fix, even though you can fucking see it. And then as soon as you hear something like that, you're like, well, fuck it. I'm not going back to the dentist, but I should. Anyway, I chipped it biting into a whiz fizz, which really isn't that hard. No, whiskey's not that hard. And so when I was biting into that and I was using my front teeth, as I started to squeeze, I was like, please, Christ, don't chip another tooth. Because it was hard. But it wasn't that hard. Wasn't whiskey's the powder you ate with a spoon? Yeah, I'm trying to work no, out. No, 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 you're right. That's yeah, the powder, that so it's not that. It's a fizzer, maybe? Oh, fizzer. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fizzer, fizzer yeah, 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 yeah. They can be hard. They can be very hard. But they can be soft, and this one wasn't very hard, but it took my tooth with it. Mm. So anyway, should we talk some fucking sport? So. <sighs> <sighs> fucking rugby league, baby. Rugby league. I don't think that we jump straight into Manly. I think we start with the fact that I would, Eddie, like to award the Tigers the wooden spoon. <laughs> I think they get the wooden spoon after yesterday's performance. Like, I don't know if it's ever happened before, but I think if you lose to the last place team by 40 points, 
you come last. 38, Neil. I mean, we round up in this business. We all, we've always rounded up. But just so that there wasn't any confusion. No. Just letting the punter and the dribbler know that on this show, we round up. Yeah. Now, I couldn't agree with you more, Tom. I sat here last week and I said to you, both personally and publicly, mm. that I thought the dogs would get the chockies. You did. That was a good vibe. And just quickly before we move on, Eddie is sitting away from his microphone. Is that affecting the levels at all for our friends behind the scenes? No, I can still hear it pretty well. Okay. Just something to think of. Oh, yeah. don't fucking put... Uh, you can, you I can, am pretty loud. Yeah, and yeah. I know. But as see long as how you're it's, talking towards the See mic. how it's hanging down like that, Eddie? You can go... You can pull that bit a little bit close to your face and then you... Okay. No, no, no. You're not... You, then you it, fucked it. It, it. There we go. There we go. Now it looks like you're trying to avoid it have i fucked you have i fucked you mid yarn sort of yeah look listen sort of now where was i i thought the bulldogs would get the chockies mm. i i'll tell you why punters and dribblers i'll tell you why i saw a lot of synergy between the tigers losing and rounding out the tales of tiger town documentary yeah in a beautiful way a way that starts with the Tigers celebrating, you know... The club, a, the team. A, a, Look a, at us, a, we're a documentary. A fa- no, a famous fucking win, trial win, with standing ovations at halftime, full-time. Oh, uh, yeah. And it rounding out with them getting pumped by the team coming dead last, 38 to nil, in the final game of the season. That is what you call full circle. Circle of life stuff. Yep. The rugby league gods do not take kindly to teams that celebrate trial wins with that much aplomb. Yeah. They don't take kindly to it. They fucking, they actually spite you for it. They see you go, oh, <laughs> standing ovation for your club at halftime in a trial game where your opposition's fielding a fucking... Uh, D-side. Un- an under-20s team. Um, how about the wooden spoon? And then you'll go, well, fucking... Well, you won't, but Tigers fans, we didn't get the wooden spoon. We came fucking 15th or 14th. No, if you lose to the last place without scoring a point in the final game of the season, who do you think is going into the offseason happier, the Bulldogs or the Tigers? I guarantee you it's the Bulldogs. They've gone, yeah, we had a fucking tough season. Technically, we came last, but we just beat the Tigers 40 to nil round up. So basically, the Tigers now last place. And do you know what I heard yesterday? The Tigers have like $1.2 million free in the cap that they can't spend. Like no one wants to go there. They're trying to get marquee players and they're going, nah, nah, no thanks. Dire. Things are dire. If you're looking to fuck off a team, and I mean like fuck them off to another area maybe, or just fuck them off, but certainly to another area. We've spoken about this before. I don't see what could possibly be like worse than just going, sorry, Tigers, you're out. And then just, they become the Western Magpies once more. Yes. That's that. I think that the Reland, Camden, Campbelltown area is the fastest growing in the country Dior, but you know, it's basically a nod to growth and to rugby league loving areas. Right. Yeah. I don't know if the Tigers really, you know, Balmain, I don't think they they love their league as they once did. They don't give a shit. I tell you what I do like to see, Eddie, and this is 
the epitome of do the same thing, expect different results. Madge Maguire of 10th Tigers coach in fucking five years fame, now very much head on the chopping block, ready to fuck him off, just in time for them to re-sign all of the fucking players that haven't done anything. Your Luke Brooks is of the world. No offense, Luke. Do you think that, like, obviously, Madge's won a comp, which is fucking impressive. Different sides, different situations. Very different sides. Uh, different outlooks as well, because the outlook for Tigers is bleak. Yeah. But could you potentially argue, Tom, that some of the reason that they're not able to sign anyone is that they don't want to play under Madge because he is considered to be a bit of a, a taskmaster? Master. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, that could be it. But if you're being offered a million dollars to go and play under Madge, as if you don't take that, if you're a player who's like, oh, I can get a million dollars, yeah, okay, I'll go play under Madge. Oh, what, he's going to make me train hard? Oh, what, he's going to bring a boa constrictor to fucking... to, to the pregame? To Is that real? That young? Well, I don't know. You fucking sent it to me. I posted it this morning. I hope it's real. It was in a newspaper, so it must be real. It has to be real. Anything in the newspaper is real, right? Anything in the newspaper is real. If you don't know what we're talking about, which wouldn't surprise, uh, Robbie Farrow basically said in an interview that Madge once brought a boa constrictor into fucking the pregame to give the players a visual representation of, of what it would look like to, to constrict the other team. Well, he, he didn't bring it in, did he? Well, I think he, that was the plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have said to Madge if I were like a work, health and safety person, YouTube it, bruh. I'd have also said to Madge, the snake itself is just a snake. The act of constricting, you would need to see it constrict. Correct. You'd need to give it like a mouse to, yeah. to kill in front of the people, which is why YouTube's way easier because way you easier. can just get down to it. You don't have to get this hungry fucking snake to start killing things. Mm. And maybe, maybe that's why it didn't get over the line. Well, look, it clearly didn't work. No. That sort of constricting rhetoric has, has fallen off deaf ears. Well, the Tigers aren't a snake. So it still, it's like this is how you'd constrict something if you were to not have arms. Yeah, so if you were a snake, this is how you'd do it. You aren't snakes. You're humans. You're human beings with limbs. And probably not the, the overall strength to constrict. You know what I mean? You'd have to choke. Choke out. But then you could just say, you could just show them fucking jujitsu fighters and shit. Maybe that's the problem though, right? They've gone, all right, we're seeing how a snake constricts and now we're trying to constrict like snakes, but we aren't snakes. So obviously that's not going to be possible. So now we're just choking. So you're suggesting to me there's mixed messages. I don't know whether it's been explained well enough to the players that they aren't snakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And they've taken it literally and choked. And cho I think maybe they thought that they were snakes. They've tried to bit off, bite off more than they can chew and they just choked. Yeah, okay. Look, I mean, lesson learned for Madge, I think. I don't know if it is lesson learned, Eddie. Well, I think losing to the Bulldogs 38-0 in the <laughs> final game of the season, surely that's a kick up the ass to, you know. If that's not an indication to Madge that... that his messages... That his men aren't... His players aren't snakes. That they aren't snakes and that his messages is falling on deaf ears. Snakes are deaf. So maybe there's another confusion. 
I'm just saying, does Madge have to, like, at what point is he going? Because I think Madge always knew that the players weren't snakes. No, but he, the no, players no, he, didn't realise no, they no, weren't. No, no, Madge knew. He was like, play like snakes by constricting your yeah. opposition. But in doing so, has convinced somehow <laughs> his confused. players that they are indeed snakes <laughs> Which when they, they are. aren't. Look, it's long-winded. It may take you time to get your head around it, yeah. but facts are facts. And we're just here to tell you why the Tigers lost 38-0 yesterday to the 16th place Bulldogs who barely won a game. You know season. what else, though? It's the record for the greatest points differential by a team coming last over another team. So it's like the greatest winning margin uh, last place teams ever had over another team. You can't help but think that... Tigers are very short price favourites for the Spoon next year. Yeah, well, I mean, that all depends on what the fuck they do in the off-season. I mean, I don't, they've, they don't have much going on, except they've got Jackson Hastings coming. I don't know what they do with Luke Brooks. You don't put it all down to him, but it's like he's certainly been there through the decade of Misery. not dominance. Um, and then whether they fuck off Madge, that Uto Ikamanu is a fucking animal. He's like, they've got some good players. Dewey's a good player. Did his ACL. Obviously, that's fucked. I think Tommy Talao did his ACL yesterday as well. Yeah, um, but, like, they have some all right players. But you know, I, there's an element where it's like you're actually – they are probably a better team than they're playing, but they're playing like a pile of rugby league poo. They're playing like humans that think they're snakes, which is weird, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, who the fuck knows where they come next year? They've conceded the second most points this year. They've actually conceded more points than the Bulldogs. Yeah, so that's effort. That is it. That that's takes a effort. lot. That takes a lot to do. That's all effort. Yeah. Lack of effort. Defense is effort. Yeah, it is. It's all attitude, Tom. Attitude. Turning up for, ch- for each other. Yeah, for your team. Ribbon and tearing. Your mates. Um, but anyway, Not look. Not giving an inch. Tigers, congratulations on the spoon. Uh, it's a tough season for you. I tell you what, if you're a Tigers fan, you've got to be like, Exhaling today. If you're a bottom eight side, really, like the season's over. Thank fuck. Done. Well, yeah. I'm like that when Manly's had a shit year and you go, well, we're not making the finals. It's like, all right. Get me to the finish line. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Reset. Reset. Luckily for you and I, Eddie, Manly came fourth. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, that's just kind of funny because me and Matt sitting here, we came first and third. So it's just pretty pretty cute for you guys. Oh, right. Okay. If you yeah. take out the first five rounds, we came first. That's actually true. If you take out the first five rounds, we are first. So what do you say to that? Yeah. Um, Riddle me no, that. No, what you're do you not. Say to that? not. I say that's false. Well, it's not, though. It's actually true. It's true. Right, that's rugby league truth. Four wins or five wins? No, if you take out the first four rounds, not the first five. Take the so first, first four, four rounds. rounds, then you've only got four losses, which is still one more than Storm and Penn. Nah, but five. we. Oh, is it five? Who someone sent us the fucking stat, didn't they? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but you take, take the first five rounds out, which is a very normal thing to do, and Manly are minor premiers. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Sorry, we had a fucking bullshit start to the year. Um, that doesn't count. We're basically minor premiers. And then the Storm, oh, fuck, sick. Yeah, you got minor premiership. Well, look, did, did you, you really? If you go off the rugby league truism that the first five rounds don't count... Yeah. Manly Which is what we've always it. said, Tom and I. Uh-huh. We've always said that on this show. And truthfully, we have been saying that all year. We've been no saying, one's listened. No one's listened. We're like, the first five rounds don't count. Tommy's worth 40 points. Everyone's like, you fucking Manly guys. Manly will make the fucking finals. You've taken crazy pills. Yeah. And we're like, no, we haven't. Manly we're just fucking smarter than the lot of you. Yep. 
And here we are. Actually, having... we'd still be first because our two losses came in the first five rounds as incorrect. well. So incorrect. So I, I actually Dave. agree with you that the first five rounds don't count. So we've only, incorrect. Storm only lost one Sorry, game Dave. this year. Sorry, Dave. Incorrect. We won the minor premiership and that's all right. You know what? Just fucking... Just take your licks for Take once. your licks, David, for fuck's sake. All take right? your licks. Now... It's also very uh, sweet of young Matthew there to be fucking chirping about his South team that's going to go loss-loss in the finals without fucking Trell. Again, you know, you've also been fucking dusted by 50 points twice this year, so your chances of winning the comp are zero, less than zero, um, which I don't even know if it's statistically possible to get less than 0% chance of winning the comp. You have um, negative chance. Negative chance. Manly, on the other hand, Eddie, top four, one of the greatest fucking uh, seasons of all time, coupled with the greatest individual run of form that we've ever seen. Coupled with the greatest point scoring season of all we've time. We've ever seen by an individual player. Coupled, again, with the greatest head of hair a rugby league coach has ever had. Yep. Find me a better one. And Desley Hasler. Um, Coupled with the uncovering of some of the young best talent. The youngest best talent to emerge in the game in the last 100 years. Well, 113 years. Well, history of the game. 113. History of the game. Um, Coupled with the fact that Tommy now going to win the Dally M. It'll be the the least amount of games played to win the Dally M if he wins it. Just to drop some more stats on you. Uh, Ruben Garrick, 300 points in a regular season. That's the first time that's ever been done. He also obviously beat Hazmel Masri, who was 288 for most points in a season. I'd also like to drop another stat on you, Edward. This is a do-your-own-research. But only two other players in the history of the game of rugby league, the game we call rugby league, the greatest game of all God's winter sport, only two other players have scored 300 points in a season, including finals. Obviously, Ruben, the only one to do it in regular season. Those two individuals are Hazamel Masri and uh, Brett Hodgson of slung into the crowd in origin fame. Uh, do you know what years they were? Ask me. What years were they, Tom? I'm glad you asked, Eddie. So 2004, Hazem got it. Yep. Do you know what happened that year for Hazem? Uh, I think he won a comp. He did win a comp. And then the next one was 2005, which was Brett Hodgson of <coughs> Slingshot in the Crowd fame. Mm. Do you know what happened in 2005? Just trying to think. Mm. Take your time. Just trying to think. Um, didn't, didn't happen to win the comp. He did win the comp, Eddie. He won it with the Tigers, the West's Tigers, the once great West Tigers. Um, so if you're looking at fucking statistics statistics you would it'd be fair for you to deduce that manly guaranteed to win the comp because ruben scored 300 points uh so well look i mean stats are stats and you can't ignore stats even if you want to ignore stats you yeah. can't ignore stats. numbers don't lie people lie people lie numbers don't lie people lie uh, we don't lie we don't lie because we use the numbers not the people we are a, we are a, a conduit for numbers not lies Numbers speak to us and, and we speak to numbers. And when you speak fluent number, you speak fluent truth. <laughs> and that's where we're at. <laughs> now, to add a little more truth yeah, drop some more to the show. Yeah. I haven't said it before, but now I will say it. Say it. And I say it with conviction. 
Tom Trebojevic is a future immortal. There I said it. Yep. There I said it. Said it. That and try he scored. Remember that I speak fluent truth. Yeah. Fluent truth, numbers, truth, truth, numbers. That try... And, and the, the funny thing about the game on the weekend, when we say that try he scored, you're like, which one, Tom? And I'm like, oh, that's a great point because he scored another fucking hat trick. And even if you took out that first try, which was conventionally not that impressive if you think about the other two, the individual try he scored, better than Hain 09, where he just stepped a bunch of dragons. Hey, the first try he scored was pretty sick. It was sick, but I'm saying in the context of that game, it was like... Pfft. Fuck that try. Of course it was a good try. But Tommy scores them for fun. He beats nine of the 13 players on the field for the Cowboys to score that second try. And literally Brandy's reaction was the best where he's just going, oh, wow. Like, Brandy, that was Brandy coming in his pants. But you know what people's – like, a lot of the comments, people going, shit defence. Bruh, what I would say to you is the greats, the immortals, the goats – Make it look way fucking easier than it is. How many dickheads watch Tiger Woods in his prime play golf and go out and pick up a club and think they can go around and shoot a fucking seven under? Yeah. And then you and then you hack it all over the course and you shoot one forty five. Like it's the greats make it look easy, but also it's not shit defense. He beat nine fucking people. Who else? Who else has beaten nine players this season? That's it. Oh, sorry. Like, if it was, if you were to say it was, and this is no disrespect to fucking Ruben, but Ruben himself would be like, I haven't been playing like Tom Trebojevic. If Ruben beats nine players, you might be like, well, fuck. That's like the first time Ruben's done anything. Like, Tom is in such a rich vein of form. You're clearly going, oh, he's just on another level. He bitched nine dudes and then dragged two of them over the fucking line. Like, shit defense or you're up against a guy who's at the peak of his powers and an all-time great. I think that's what it is. Then the third and final try where full-time siren blows and Ruben goes, game ain't dead here, bruh, gets it from the end goal. You know what I liked about this try, Tom? It speaks to Manly's attitude. Game's not done. They're going to they're gonna play the 80 minutes. Now, there's some people in the comments being like, oh, they should have fucking rolled over and No, dude, let me get it. This guy's got to get fucking ripped. Sorry. Sorry, dude. And this guy's become, you know, dribbles sort of emerge every once in a while uh, and have, like, moments in the sun of being, like, dribbly pieces of shit. And this guy... Yeah, I've got it here. You got it? The anti-Parramatta dribbler. Just read his first one because he fucking got in, in like, a full-on argument with about 100 million people. I'm not going to read the other stuff. No, no, no. Just his first comment. The one... That says poor sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, poor sportsmanship from Manly at the end of the game. Garrick should have run the ball dead and shaken hands. Running up the scoreboard and showboating when ahead by 20 will not be looked upon kindly by other teams. Bullshit. That's why Parramatta don't win anything. Yeah. Because you're fucking soft. But also won't be looked upon kindly by other teams? What the fuck are you talking about? What he was doing, the only reason he was back there in the in goal was because the Cowboys were trying to score a try on full time. Like, so so Cowboys are allowed to go and try and score a try at the end of the game, even though it's not going to fucking impact the result. But Ruben, one of the greatest rugby league players the game's ever seen, <laughs> in the greatest individual point scoring season we've ever seen, can't. He's got to just stop there and be a bitch because you think it's bad sportsmanship? What fucking sport are you watching? <laughs> 
How is that bad? It would be bad sportsmanship to be like, oh, you're beneath us. I'm going to fucking run this dead. It's, when there's an opportunity to rip and tear. I was, I'm serious. And I'm not like exaggerating here at all. You and I have been, you know, steadily climbing the, the podcast heap for years now. Obviously, we sit atop it and have done. We, we climbed it pretty quick. But we've been, you know, sitting atop the podcast seat for the better part of a decade now. I think that is truthfully the dumbest thing that I've ever heard a dribbler say. Like, dribblers have said some dumb shit. Oh, yeah. But that is the dumbest, like, worst take well, I've it's, ever seen. It's, I don't, you know what? If that is a legitimate take, I am shocked. Yeah. But part of me is still thinking that has to be, like, that's just, I'm going to do the opposite because I want to be a fuckwit. Maybe. But like, and you saw like that. The thing that the Mate, thing that, that that try has been celebrated by the entire rugby league community, except probably this guy. Seriously, not one other person anywhere, anywhere in the comments, in fucking the media, in life, in life, no one has been like, "Oh, that was bad sportsmanship." And then the dumbass, and again, I'm sorry, I haven't named you, was like, "Maybe I'm a bit old school." No. No, sir, that's not an old school thought process either. That's just dumb. That's just you're a dribbler talking show me shit. Footage. Show me old this old school footage where players used to just fucking... Oh, the game's over. I'm not going to try score rugby league points. What? Are you telling me they didn't run up fucking cricket scores on sides back in the day? Should Manly Bullshit. have stopped playing? Like, once you get out to a certain point where you go, like, mathematically, it's not possible for the fucking team to come back. Should we just stop playing the game at like 60 this minutes? Bloke's, this bloke's probably the opinion that St. George, during that, like, 11 straight, should have just fucking given it up. Stop playing at, like, 8 straight and just go, look, we'll no, just call look, it 11. we've won enough. We've won enough. Just Time to share the love. Yeah. Be good sports. Share the love. Nah, Let bad, other people it's, win. It's bad sportsmanship. We but should just let win. the game end. And think about it. The game We'd would have be robbed of one of the great tries of all time. Robbed of it. Robbed of the try of the year. For what? For some for one Parramatta dribbler whose team sucks balls for his like own sensibility. It's not gonna be looked unfavorably by who? By pussies? Not even pussies. Not even pussies. No. So that is, I think, officially the worst take. I actually think, Dave, just make sure you screenshot it. Mm -hmm. I want to, like, get that framed as the worst take ever. Certainly the worst take in my life. The worst take I've seen today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're 30 years old, Eddie. I am. So the worst take in the last 30 years. But I'd, I'm happy to say ever until we see a worse one. Yeah. Oh, it's number one at the moment. Yeah. 100%. And we'll get that framed. We'll get it plucked up. We're, gonna, we're not going to have your name on it, though, because if you're seeking fucking... Notoriety, you Not a get it. No, it's just dumbest take of all time, and we'll just put Parramatta dribbler. <laughs> um, anyway, but that try though, as we don't let that dumbass fucking, you know, ruin what was a try, mate. That was so hectic. Like we were all watching it on the Zoom. I tell you what, like, Cherry Evans got to turn a fucking turn a foot. He's mate. got. He, he has got pace. He can bolts ya. But that's but like, yeah, like he looks inside. He's sort of he's he's, he's fucking. He's he decides the math. to burn that. He's guy. running the math, and he goes, "You know what? I'm going to pin my rugby league ears back." Yeah. And you actually see the moment when his ears become pinned, 
and he's fucking off on his and way. And he just pins him back. He just pins him back. Yeah. And, he, and he, he goes, I don't know, fucking 10 kilometers an hour faster? Yeah, definitely. Turbo charges. Boom. Puts like the, the NOS bottle. Sa, see you later. And it's funny. You Skips can... away. Kick inside. Tommy's there. Try the ages. Well, see, that was it as well, right? He still had to ice that kick. That kick, he still had to... He's running at fucking... Oh, he's got to put it on a dime. Time. He is pinned speed. and he's then got to he's put it on a six-pence. Off the, off the bloody banana kick, off the side into the thingo. Oh, it's class. Back to Ruben, though, and not just that try, but Ruben not just, like, this season what's been fucking awesome about Rubes, the snack, is that he's not just a finisher. He's not just a goal kicker, but he's, like, becoming a bit of a, and I say this with a little bit of hyperbole, but not much, bit of a Jonah Lomu. Yeah, a little bit of a Jonah. He's, like, bumping motherfuckers. He's got Jonah in him. He's got a bit of Jonah in him. I think Jonah watches on fondly. Goes, there's From a bit the of heavens. Me. There's a bit of me in that there's, a, there's a bit of me down there. Well, Jonah likes his rugby yeah. league. Jonah's come, come down and just put well. his hand on Ruben's shoulder and gone, this guy can fucking steamroll some people. Yeah. He did it against... He's been, like, he is, the last few Jonah, months, he's been Jonah Ruben's people. Is Jonah Ruben's guardian angel? Looking like it. I'm just saying, keep an eye out for it. If you're an opposition defender, Ruben got a bit of Jonah in him. Plenty of Jonah in him. I'd say he's like 80% Jonah. I'd say that like through osmosis, Jonah now inside Ruben, potentially for the well, final Well, okay, put it this way. He hasn't been butzing like that for the first few years of his career. No. He's now butzing and butzing yeah. like Jonah. And I'm just thinking, as Tom's pointed out, if it's not Jonah via osmosis entering Ruben so that Manly can win the fucking comp this year, what is it? Let... Let that question hang in the air for a little bit longer. What else would it be? <laughs> because if you put an All Blacks jersey on Ruben Garrick in his last few performances, you would swear on all the money in the world that you were watching Jonah Lomu rip and tear. Yeah. You would. And a more evolved Jonah who can also kick and fucking, you know, well, kick basically is the, the difference there. That's what you'd be seeing. Um, but that game was so, like, that game was, there were so many hectic tries in that game that were quite overshadowed because Tommy, because of Tommy's individual try and because of the last try, which was Ruben slash Jonah Lomu to Daly, Cherry Evans of pinning the ears back uh, without surgery fame, <laughs> banana kicking to Tommy Turbo for his third. But then Ruben's try that he scored, which was like he caught it uh, over the back of fucking whoever the uh, Cowboys winger was. Jason Saab running down that motherfucker. Obviously, he got palmed by the hammer. That's okay. That happens sometimes. It does. You know what, though? Did he make the same mistake again? No. When that Murray guy got like a 20-meter, 30, 40-meter head start on him. And he won't make that same mistake again for the rest of the season. No. Maybe so, the rest of his career. The rest of his career. you, you got to get it out of your system. But, like, he is so fucking quick. Dude, the fastest player in rugby league. He's so quick. He is so... Electric. So fucking fast, it just isn't funny. Now, what does this all mean for the punter and the dribbler? Well, it means that we turn our attention to Friday night, 7.50pm, prime time. I knew we'd get the prime time slot. It's the prime time game. It's the blockbuster match. Everyone will be tuning in. Manly, greatest club since inception, since 1947. Correct. Versus Melbourne, who are of... We cheated for... Most of our fucking reign. Yeah. Fame. fame. Like we cheated. Let's say we've been in the comp for 20 years. We've been cheating for 15 sort yeah. of thing. So that's who we're up against. 
That's who we're up against. Uh, Dior, how are you feeling? You'd be nervous, be honest. <laughs> nervous? Nah. Chilling, bro. That said, that was that was nervous. That, that was, was nervous as fuck. That was nervous attempt at being confident. Boy, play that back punters dribblers. Hit that like back <laughs> yeah, ten yeah. second button. Tell me that wasn't like the most nervous. <laughs> nervous, <laughs> mate. We have won nineteen games in a row this year. We have had the most wins out of any team ever in a regular season. We Who have won the minor premiership though? The Storm. But not really. Yeah. Not using not rugby really. League math. Not using rugby league math. We won it. Oh, yeah, because how many losses did you have after round five? Fucking no none. idea. None, I think. Oh, none. Really. None. We basically that's weird won. because I think I remember Storm beating you. Yeah, of course. That's what you think you that's remember. That's weird. And were you guys... <laughs> you think you, you, you were that. close to full strength, weren't you? you had no, that we guy. no, we weren't. Actually, no? we were massively understrength. You had that guy, Tom, whatever his name is, playing? Tom, whatever his name that is. You mean the Dally M fucking winner? Yeah. Dally M winner. Watch your, mouth. Oh, yeah, I'd watch your mouth. I'd watch your mouth. That's for damn sure. That's one thing I'd watch. Your fucking... Your smart mouth. He's a good player. Look, I'll give him that. He's got a Watch bright future ahead of him. Dave. But this year is not his premiership year. Sorry about that. Well, it certainly won't be yours because uh, you're a bunch of losers. But bro, we're going to beat you without Munster and Addo Car. That's that's be also what's funny. Is you don't, or do you do you think for you a think fucking second gonna, Munster you think gonna, player? You think you're going to meet it, beat us without Munster? Munster is playing. Firstly. Yeah. Oh, he's playing if he wants to, but also he's Craig, definitely playing. Adam Craig, Carr probably won't because of his hammy. But like, oh, winger, who gives a shit? Yeah, but Craig might be like, we don't really need him this week. Let's just put Hines in there, and then we'll save Munster How for about when this? it's an important game. How about game. you try this one on for size? We beat you, you lose. You then go play like the Knights. You lose. You're out. Or if we're being a little bit more realistic, because you know we don't want to be completely hyperbolic, we beat you, you lose. You then go play one of the losers down there. You win. And then we get Penrith and Melbourne playing off for the fucking final spot. Manly's already in because we just win-win. And then you losers fucking smash each other up. One of you comes in, it'll probably be Penrith, let's be honest, and then we win the comp. Because realistically, we'll probably, like, we'll win on Friday, right? And Penrith will beat the Bunnies because they don't have Latrell and they stink. Yeah. Then the Bunnies will... Potentially lose-lose. Potentially lose to the Roosters... So either we play a Latrella's fucking shit-ass Rabideau side or we play a banged-up, like, missing 90% of their players' Roosters side. So we've got the cruisiest, cruisiest run to the grand final, maybe in the history of rugby league. Yeah. And you've got a loss into fucking playing for your life against Parramatta or Newcastle, probably Newcastle, and then playing for your life against Penrith. Yeah. You can't win the comp. No. I don't know. There's feel like there's one thing that you're forgetting, which is Manly haven't beat a top four team all year. That's not true. We beat Parramatta when they were fucking coming like second. Oh, so you consider Parramatta a top four team? Wow. When we I, feel, beat I, feel, them. I feel like that just says something about your attitude. Well, no, because they were a top four league. when we played them. Okay, you haven't beaten an end of season ladder finished we top played four any. team. Yeah, we haven't played it. I believe you've played the Storm and Rabbitohs and Penrith maybe on two uh, Definitely not the Rabbitohs, definitely not Penrith, definitely not the Storm. I haven't played any of them. So, right. so we played them early in the season. Yeah, we played them early in the season. When we were just sort of finding our feet. See, this is the thing. You're like, beginning of the season. It's just like, you imagine like oh, no, I'm not pedaling a bike talk- from a standing start and then you just keep getting quicker and quicker and quicker. Before you know it, you're hitting light speed just in time for the finals and then you win the comp. You All of a sudden you're it. hitting light speed. So yeah. what about like less than, actually a month ago tomorrow when the storm beat the that was the, That's what you call the loss you need to have. And you don't understand it, um, but that was the loss we needed to have. Um, 
it was actually a planned loss. It's ca- Des booked it in the calendar. We'll lose this one. Get the boys, you know, just re- remembering a loss. It's called a PL. It's called a PL. Planned loss. What's it used for? Motivation. Yep. Who'd we lose to? The Storm. Who we playing on Friday? The Storm. What are they going to draw on? The loss. You don't get it. Nah, he doesn't get it. He's too young. Hasn't seen enough winters. Not enough winters. You've got to see more winters, Dave. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You haven't seen enough winters. Your winter quota is down. You haven't met your targets. Your nah. KPIs are fucked. Life's been too easy for him. Too, too cushy. Easy. Too cushy. Too many summers. Too many summers. Winters. Not enough winters. You need a few more winters under your belt. That's all right. You're a kid. How many, you're, you're a uh, dumb kid. <laughs> how many manly premierships have you guys seen in your life? Uh, eight. All eight. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. Correct. That doesn't sound right. All sure. eight of them. How I many have you seen? One? Manly premierships, two. But I've seen, I want to say, what, at least three Storm premierships. So that's not enough winners, right? That's what you're saying. It's not enough winters. Three premierships, Right, two, you were born in the 2000s, Dave. Like, you fucking don't Actually, even know no, what... I've seen all, all of the Storm. I was born you the same year the You don't even know what the, the YK2, the Y2K bug is. You know what I mean? What's, like, the, YK, what's the Y2K bug? Do you even know what that is? Yeah, no. it's when what all the, it? the clocks were going to die no, and all the planes, no, the planes were going to fall out of the sky. We know you got a computer there, Dave. When the clocks were going to die. And all the planes were going to fall out of the sky. do you know who Sarah Marie was on Big Brother? I didn't think so. Sorry, dude. No. You didn't get it. you know what the booty dance is, bro? Yeah. Did you ever see Who Dares Wins, Dave? No? Okay. Did you ever watch Who Dares Wins? No. What is that? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Sorry, Dave. Not Do you even know winters. who Mike Whitney is, bro? Do you even yeah, know? Yeah, Mike Whitney. Nah, nah, not enough winners. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Sorry about that. Um, okay. That know. puts it into context. Yeah, let that sink in. Dave Hasn't doesn't know who, who Mike Whitney wins. is. This Friday, it just seems like it's the battle between the old men of the league, the Manly Sea Eagles, and the, the, old man. We and got the, the most young throbbers, the Melbourne Storm, of only 23 years of age. We've got the youngest, hottest fucking team I know, in the I know, club, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the club overall. The club well, overall. We're not the oldest either. We're not the oldest, but, but we're the in best. This that's you are. what you mean. The Storm, you mean. the Storm being the same age as me, no young, throbbing, Sorry, Dave, ready for success. You haven't seen who dares wins. You can't fucking comment. I'll tell you who dares going to win. Storm are going to win. No, that that's sounded show nervous. Worked. That sounded nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's not how Who Does Wins one worked. Sorry, Dave. Um, but look, I feel like we could abuse Dave for uh, a lot longer, but we shouldn't. We will be doing a, a live stream, and I think we'll probably have to have Dave on like a very uncomfortable chair with a camera on him for the whole fucking yeah, if possible. A really narrow chair. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be doing a live. We haven't told Kempi yet or asked Kempi yet because it is his studio, but assuming he says yes and assuming he'll be here, we should almost save it until we do the show with him again. <laughs> and half like invite him. Yeah, we yeah, want to yeah. do a live show again. Um, mainly win the comp though, so that's all good. A couple other things in rugby league, Edward, that we need to get to. Oh, sorry, just while we are on Manly, Joey John's Instagram post about Tommy was... Just social media brilliance. And if you're watching on YouTube, I will have it on the fucking screen. But Joey, Joey, not like a fucking tech savvy. He's not a boomer. He's a Gen Xer, is he? He's in between fucking, you know, like He's got boomer about two him. worlds. He spent a lot of his young, like he was probably like, you know, in his 20s when the internet came along. So it's like they're a step behind on all that shit, you know? 100%. But. When Joey posts on Instagram, he makes it count. You know what I mean? He doesn't just wistfully post. He's like, I'm, it means something when Joey posts on his Instagram. Well, he barely posts. So so he posts when... He's overwhelmed. Yes. 
and feels like he has to. Yep. He basically so uh, overwhelmed with the performance of Tommy Turbo has gone to Google and just Googled Tom Trebojevic and seen an image that is a transparent background. So it's a cutout of Tommy, transparent background. Now, just deducing from what we've seen, Joey doesn't know how to download that photo. He doesn't know that if you hold your finger over it, it'll give you an option to download it. But he does know how to screenshot, evidently, because he has been able to screenshot that photo and then upload it to fucking Instagram in one of the most disgraceful-looking posts of all time, but one that is... It it's also might be the greatest post of all time. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. In its approach and its execution. Yeah. And he's basically but just you like, know I've what? never seen you know what? Like Joey's also having hot flushes, you know what I mean? He's so, he's so stimulated by yeah. what he's seeing unfold yeah. in front of him. He's just like acting on instinct. And his instinct is to bang, Google, get the photo down however I can, yeah. get it up with one of the most glowing captions of all time. And, and also the way it's written, it's like, the, it's like there's, I don't understand with people over the age of 35, and that's not, not, not necessarily all, but a lot, when they write captions, it's like they press space six times. You know what I mean? Like there's no punctuation. Where is it here? Too good, full stop, three spaces. Absolute freak, full stop, another three spaces. Never seen anything like him at Tom Draboyevich. It's like he's sending a telegram. And yeah. again, I'm not knocking Tommy, Joey. Tommy, dot, just... too good, dot. <laughs> space, space, space. Freak, dot. Freak. Um, but anyway. I just wanted to, to Joey. That. Joey of 84,000 fucking Greatness recognizes Greatness recognizes greatness. That's it, dude. That Simple as that. That is it. That's just how it goes, motherfucker. Um, bit more rugby league, Eddie, before we move on. We Did we say before uh, this weekend that we were predicting that the, the Sharkies and the Raiders had shit their pants and that um, Titans would make it into the finals? I said that. Yeah. I, saw, I, said, I said it on about even. I think I might have said it on the podcast. I said it with, I said it with Denon. I said the Titans will fucking win and that Canberra and some Sharks will lose. I'm that. pretty sure that the Titans, any either of the teams that had made it, whether it was Sharks, Titans or Raiders, the worst statistically the worst team to ever make the finals. What was their what was their how many points did they win? What was their win loss? Uh, it was like 10. 14 and 10. Yeah, yeah. So 14 and 10. Yeah. Yeah. So the Titans finished this year 14 and 10 points difference of minus 3. They almost got that back over positive last year. The Sharks finished the season 10 wins, 10 losses, obviously because it was a shortened season and zero points difference. So I think if they had gotten like four more points, they would have beaten the record or not had that record essentially. Yeah. They still would have had the most losses because the season was longer this year, but it would have been better. So it's been a strange, funny old year, but the worst ever fucking... I, I don't really... I, I would have liked that stat more if it was the Sharks because the Titans... I'm like, well, you know, whatever. The Titans are a more fun team to watch. But um, the worst, statistically the worst team to ever make the fucking finals is... Uh, the Raiders showed up to play, didn't they? Yep. Jesus Christ. Yep. Good old Raiders. That's what we said it happened. They, they don't like the fucking... Well, I just think you like... You've got to look at the narrative. 
and see how it's going to play out. Like, the Storm wanted to win the minor premiership because they know they're not going to win the major premiership, so they needed some silverware. So that was that's the Sharks done. When you look at the Raiders, you're like, what would be the bow to one of these, what, like, to a year where they were supposed to fucking potentially win the comp? What's a bow for this season? Oh, it's to get pumped to a Roosters outfit that's missing basically 90% of their players. Yeah. That's how that season ends. Like, you've got to look at the narrative. That's why I knew that the Bulldogs would beat the Tigers. It's all about narrative. We're experts at reading the narrative. And then you look at the Titans, you're like, okay, at home, can make the eight. They, they play like top eight footy when they want to. And the Warriors Which is season much. done. Warriors season done. Gone. They've been here for fucking two years. They'll, they're over it. They just want to go home. They're like, fuck that. I'm not hanging around for another get me week. Get out of here. Why would I hang around for another week to get fucking pumped by the Roosters next week? Yeah. No, the Warriors couldn't make it. Oh, they couldn't? No, no. They were just done. They were just like, oh, get right. me the fuck out of here. Sure. We don't care anymore. So that's why. That's why I know the future before yeah. it happens. Yeah, yeah. We read rugby league tea leaves. Um, not everyone can do it. Are we professors of omenry? Yes. Are we... Also in the world of woo-woo, which is reading tea leaves? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But we are. Um, so, well done to the Titans. They beat the shit out of the Warriors. They beat the shit out of them. And both our bets came off. It did. Um, Good for us. And the fight. Oh, that's right. The yeah, fight. Matt Lodge and Jared that. Wallace. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So, they oh. were... Into each other all fucking game. Kane Evans threw another punch and got 10 in the bin. Kane Evans of loves throwing a punch fame. But Wallace and, and um, Lodge were into each other the whole game. And then at one point, Wallace goes, like they're squaring up to each other. And Wallace goes, sign the contract then. Sign the contract. I'm like, what is this? Do you want me to play it, Ferdy? If you yeah. haven't seen it, yeah. Kane Evans just throws punches, dude. I don't know if this is where he says sign the contract, though. I think that happened earlier. But Lodge... Lodge lost his shit um, here. Well, like they all did, right? But Wallace and Lodge were just going at each other. And um, I think the Warriors at one point had three players in the sin bin. I don't oh. think... Like, it's a big hit. But I don't think that's that late either. Um, but Wallace was going after him. I'm assuming they have like some sort of postseason rugby league biff going on, or like they're trying. Sign to Sign the going. contract implies that, Tom. That does. Um, I don't know what else they could possibly be talking about. No. He gets him fucking good. He gets him, Boom. but like slow mo. No, he gets him good. Yeah, Matty Lodge. But Jared Wallace as well. Like, that's, this video doesn't show, but Jared Wallace is fucking going psycho as well. Yeah. I've got to say, Jared Wallace, after a couple of, uh, you know, less than exemplary origin performances, I was a bit like, oh, is he... Obviously, he's like, I 100% respect him as a, an elite NRL player, but I didn't sort of see him as a tough bastard. I was always like, oh, yeah, he, gets, he got fucking ganked in, uh, in origin, so you're... You know, he didn't have my origin respect. But then you see how, like, you see him in this, you're like, oh, dude, he has a bit of go about him. He's, he does. He started to look intimidating again. Um, but 
As Lodge goes off here as well, I don't think they show it. He's flipping off the crowd and telling them to all get fucked. <laughs> Look at Kane. Bang. Big Kano. Just missed. You like to see it, don't you? I would love to know the percentage of, of rugby league punches thrown to rugby league punches connected. It would just be... Oh, the ratio would be fucking... It would be it would, so Would it be finite. above 10%? No. No way. Eight? Bro, I reckon it would be in the like one to two percent range of all punches thrown in rugby league that connect. Look at that. That's it. Like I reckon ninety percent of all landed punches in rugby league probably happened to Joey Johns. I was just about to say that when he got absolutely mauled in the cattle dog fight. Yeah, yeah. It goes who with who busted him up? Is it? Oh, I can't remember that actually. Who oh, here, does Lodge, him up? Is though. this where Lodge flips him off? Flip him off, Matty. Come on. Yeah, there you go. Um, he's pissed off. I have to say this, right? And everyone rips Matt Lodge because of because of what, you know, happened in his past in fucking New York. Well, that's how like that'll follow him forever. I am a believer of like second chances, you know, like St. Tom. Thank you. Second chance, Tom. But, you know, for, to, it, within reason, right? Like, there's certain things. And what he did was fucking horrible. He was completely out of his mind on drugs and alcohol, I believe. But he wrote this really long thing on Instagram yesterday, sort of like apologizing for his behavior here. Mm. And it was, you know, like, it was just a, there's a lot of honesty in the way he was speaking and like, and it, like, a genuine acknowledgement of like a pursuit of personal growth and like bettering his fucking uh, bettering himself and an acknowledgement that not every like people are gonna still gonna fucking hate him for what he's done and like that's all good but you know I just read it and I'm like I genuinely think that he is like well on the path to being a changed man and I don't think it's fair to compare the Matt Lodge of New York Rampage Rugby League promotional tour fame, <laughs> Rugby League World Tour fame, to him now, where, like, you know, he has a bit of a fire up on the field like anyone fucking does. And it's like, oh, you know, he's a fucking... Yeah, yeah. I think that's unfair. And, like, unfair. you know what? I think that, you, re, you know, it, it'll follow him and that's fine. Like, I'm not against fucking Matt Lodge jokes. But I just there's a time and a place for Matt Lodge jokes. Yeah, but I definitely saw in his response last night. I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, you can't knock a dude for trying to for acknowledging what he did that was wrong, and it was horrible. But trying to like, you know, trying to improve himself. I don't know. Like, there's a difference between what he's doing, what he did in New York, which again was fucking crazy bad, and like. Sexual assaults and rapes and all that. I just think that is so far removed from like I don't think they're in the same conversation. No. Even though they're fucking you know. So when you see even though what like he did was fucking lowbrow. Was low well lowbrow to say the but least. But he's trying to better himself through rugby league. Fucking let him let, let him, him live. let him live let him live. But having said that, if you're a Titans fan and you see a bloke get sent off. As if you're not because gonna he's up. fucking laid someone out. You tell me you're not going to give him. You're not going to give it to oh, him. Oh yeah, you as got he it. goes down the tunnel, you got it. You got to light him up. Yeah, have to. Any self-respecting rugby league crowd worth a fucking damn is gonna is gonna rinse a bloke who gets sent off. Yep. It's time on it. It is. It's part of the fabric of the game. One of the great traditions of rugby league. Rinsing a bloke as he fucking marches off the field. Y that's that's what it's all about. You know what else is a great tradition, Eddie? When big. Fat blokes in the crowd just get their shirts off 
to celebrate their team. That's it. The bigger, the better. Did you see that boy yesterday? Of course the, I did. Big vanilla thick shake. Big vanilla thicky. He was uh, he was a sight to behold. Yeah, well, he looked, you know what I loved about it? Is how much that young man loved his rugby league football. Yep. And he saw his side in the Titans scrapping their way into the top eight by the skin of their nutsacks. And he thought, you know what? I'm a big thick boy. I'm gonna get my fucking kid off, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna show the boys how much it means to me and what it means to this this region, Mate, this town, this he, city. He should be fucking. They should be bringing him into camp, talk to the fellas. He's like a a club mascot of sorts. The he'd vanilla be, thick shake. He'd be one hell. Of, he'd be one hell of a belly flopper. I'm pretty. Oh, don't you reckon? Bad day to be a pool. Bad day to be a pool. He um. I bad think, day to be water I surface. Think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Surface tension of a, of a water of the pool, but he I, could flop with the best of it in that bloke. I'd say he'd be up there in the top two percent of floppers worldwide, or worldwide. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have to be because he's still got agility to move. Oh, he moves, and he's got size to flop. Yeah, because you could be too big to flop. Oh, you could be way too big to flop. You could be too big to like. You got to get up to the fucking the diving board, as it were. Well, you got to get up into the air. You got to. Extend yourself, yeah. expand your surface yeah. area. You've got to meet the pool true and flat. You've got to meet honest. the pool flat and honest. You've got to have like you've got to have some athletic awarenesses to like keep your body dead flat. And well, just, it's 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 perception in the air, Tom. Yeah, it's perception in the air, and that that takes a knowing of your own body, but also like you know an appropriate manipulation of the tuck shop arms and the leg flat to it, like. To, to, you know, like you're a fucking... It's a dance. It's a dance. Like you're a plane trying to come into land no, properly. You've got to, the rudders have got to move. It's not easy. And people come in over-pitched, under-pitched. Yeah. You've got to come in flat and true and honest. And smack the fuck out of that And you've got to commit. Yeah. And you've got to commit. And the, there's a lot of synergy between committing to the surface area, um, surface tension of pool water. Yeah and getting your kid off on live television after your side makes the eight. Yep. There's a lot of synergy there. Plenty. And from what I saw yesterday, I think this bloke's got what it takes to be one of the great floppers of all time. All time. All time. Um, so shout out to that guy. I'm pretty sure the NRL Roast is doing some like T-shirts for him, cutting him in on some TOs. Love that. The Vanilla Thick Shake. Um, but I think that's rugby league. Yeah, I think so. Go Manly. Go Manly. Manly, Manly. win the cop. Go Manly. Um, Sunday afternoon footy. Wallabies took on the All Blacks. On jam. On jam. Well, obviously the rugby league was on nine. Tigers, dogs. That's the greatest disrespect to a fucking national side ever, isn't it? It is. It is. It was good to see crowds again. Like, it was good to see that they were playing in front of some people. Uh, Like, obviously they have been in, in Auckland, but in Australia, in our own nation. It was good to see that. It's a good-looking stadium, Perth Stadium. Very good-looking stadium. It's obviously a rip-off of the MCG. That is clear for all, Bathed surely. in sunlight, though. It looks But it good. was fucking drenched. It was drenched from head to toe in HD afternoon light. Yep. It was glorious to see. The Wallabies put in a performance that I think encapsulates the 21st century Wallabies. Yep. In that we show flashes of brilliance, but we also throw intercept passes and we kick the ball way too much when fucking hands will do it. The amount of times yesterday where hands would have done it and they went aerial was shocking to me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
Hands will do it. Hands will do it. We learned that. You learn that. The nation learns that. In its infancy. Yeah, you learn When you're that coming the, up through the ranks as a young buck, and the under you learn, 10s, under 12s. Hands will do it. This is, I just wanted to read this. I didn't watch the game. My free to fucked. I missed the game. And I couldn't be fucked to go watch on nine now, so I just watched the dogs on KO. Dogs, tigers. Um, but this was a, in a chat group, man, a friend of ours, a friend of mine, you know, I don't think you know, uh, James Kloss, Klossy. Mm. Actually, it's James Clossy. I don't know if his fucking last name's Clossy. I just call him Kloss. Anyway, Clossy. Whatever, bro. I'm just, you know, he'll hear it and he'll be like, bro, you're fucking mispronouncing my last name. And I go, sorry, Clossy. Thought Clossy might have been the nickname, but then I'm <laughs> seeing it and it's Clossy. So I'm like, well, fuck, is it Kloss or Clossy? But right, let's go James Clossy for the sake of this. Apologies if you didn't want to be associated with this dribbling yarn, but sorry. Uh... Classic Wallabies game. Go in positive. Think there's a narrative for a win. 20 minutes in, feeling hope, but they need to pull it together. Half-time, basket case. 60 minutes. Why am I watching? 80 minutes. Few late points. Something to work with next time. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> like, I'm like, I read that and I went, what was the narrative you had that you thought was for the well, win? Well, the narrative that he would have had for the win is they disrespected us by cancelling the game last minute and here's an opportunity to write horrible, horrendous, embarrassing wrongs. wrongs. You know, right. like it's, it, that's just a, a, a life adage, right? Whereby if someone's wronged you, you go out and you fucking, you show them what's what. Yeah. Also, we were undefeated in Perth before this game, at, at this stadium, at this new the stadium. stadium that's been fucking Which built think, like two years ago. Yeah, one or two games, I think we've won out of like that's, 18 months yeah, of footy. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, that is That qualifies as narrative for Wallabies. Yeah. Jack Freeman, friend of the show, said this. And I tend to go down this line of thinking. Ah. Got tries in them. That intercept, that intercept is a potential 14-point swing. Always what could have been. Yeah. You take that intercept out. There you, were two And we score there. Yeah, but like they scored off yeah, one intercept yeah. in particular. I think they scored off two, actually. That's what I was... But just go off the first one. Then you're back to three points. You had the second intercept in, you win. Yeah, right. I mean, rugby union. That's how you've got to look at it. Eternal optimists. Or not even optimists, but like uh, almost like, yeah, dude, of course. And that's not me talking to Freeman directly. Shout out to Jack. Uh, but like, of course, that's what it is. Of course, it's a swing. But also like, we never ice those fucking opportunities. There is, unfortunately, when it comes to Wallabies games... You need to build swing in. Factor for swing. You have to factor swing in. Yeah. And we don't factor for swing. We have a natural slice. We, 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 we draw and we slice yeah. and we fade. Not on purpose. We're looking to go straight. So you we, need to start overcorrecting and aiming for the well, way I just think the... I just think that Dave Rennie, right, in his game plans, needs to start factoring swing in. Yeah. Because as Jack rightly points out, you take the intercepts out, and we, we basically win the game. Yeah, so it's basically like saying, if you take my natural fade swing out of my yes. drive, yes. I'm fucking centre of the fairway yeah. chipping onto the green. I may, I may even already be on the green. But you have to see, like Dave Rennie's probably going, okay, if we do all this correctly, we'll win the game. But he's not factoring in. The natural fade. The natural fade. And in doing so, we're allowing intercepts to happen and we're losing football matches. We're in the, we're in the fucking, in the bushes looking for our ball. And you can't be in the bushes looking for your ball when you need to be on the fairway attacking the pin. Yeah, maybe even so close to the green you think, fuck it, I'm just going to use my putter from here. 
the old Texas wedge, baby. I mean, you can be a little bit more devil may care when you're close to the green, not looking for your ball yeah. and pretending like you found it, but just dropping one out of your pocket. <laughs> like, you know, that's the sort of fucking rugby union we're playing at the moment. Yeah, we've got to take two balls out. We've got to take two balls and you've got a hole in your pocket and you just drop it down your pants, leg and out and they go, oh, found it. <laughs> Like we don't. That's not the rugby union we want to be playing. No. We just want to be all be field. known for. <laughs> we want to be known as the ball dropper. rugby league. Uh, rugby Wearing league. one of those things around your fucking ankle where you kick it and it drops a ball. Out. Yeah, we don't want to be known for that. But no, at we the don't. moment, that's what we do. Because Dave Rennie's not factoring in our inbuilt fade. Yeah. Now I think if you tighten that up, I think you're looking at a bled again. I think that that's our only hope now. Here comes the wallaby fucking optimism. <laughs> but truthfully, we're nowhere near. We're nowhere near. Did, I didn't, again, didn't watch it, but I just had... McDermott, like, uh, the other thing as well about watching the wallabies is giving the, bo- the, the, the ball back to the All Blacks in open play, a la the box kick, just is just inviting danger into your life. Yes. And there was a couple of times yesterday where they just exposed us and scored tries and they just fucking ran through us. And I'm like, if you, if we're in their own half, like there was a couple of occasions where, you know, in just inside their half and we're box kicking. I'm like, why? When has a box kick come off for Australia in the last 20 years? Like I get that box kicks can at some time have a, like a, a utility value, but like, not that much, especially when you're playing the All Blacks who will fucking score from anywhere and, and are happy, so much better. And are happy to do it. Oh, okay, you're going to give us the ball back in our own half when you're attacking? You've Sweet. got it? Oh, Sweet. yeah, cool. Yeah, give it back and we'll just fucking pound you. Like, you it. actually need to starve them completely. The only way you can beat the All Blacks is if they have as little ball as possible. And then when they have it, try and not let them score off every fucking play. Because they will. Of course they will. So that was that was infuriating. Did Lolasio? I only I was going to mention he missed my, from right in front. Yeah, right that, in front. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I can believe it. I, I can. couldn't. No, but I couldn't. He believe should my be eyes. fucking removed from the kicking duties. Well, that's actually apparently he had a. I can't remember, but yeah, I think he was a, had a very good kicking uh, series against France. So he probably still holds on to it. But like he missed from right in front. We he lost the Bledisloe right game off the back of his boot. So he needs to sort that shit out. What happened? Like, you, we need some better kickers, dude. When you're kicking for your nation, I just don't... I don't accept misses. If you're kicking for the country, you... Remember when Elton Flatley used to just kick the fuck out of it? Well, he almost kicked our way to a fucking... World Cup. To a bill. You need to be... If you are missing from in front, and I don't know, maybe he is taking extra time in the field, you should be kicking... Every fucking day until from sun up till sundown, you stop to do some skills and whatever other training shit you got to do and some fitness. And then when they stop, you're back to kicking. You got to kick. You got to kick your nuts off. Yeah. You can't be missing in front. No. It was disappointing. Um, obviously, we get swept. No real surprises. We turn our attention to the Argentinians and to the South Africans, where I think some more wins. pain may await. Oh, you reckon? You don't think we got some wins there? Against South Africa? I know they just won the World Cup, but I don't know. I just don't respect South Africa. Not as much as the All Blacks, obviously. No. But you never know. I mean, there might be a win there. Who there knows? might be a win there. there. Might, there might not. I mean, fuck, we'll see. What we do know is this. It won't be on fucking Nine's main channel. It'll be on Jam, no matter what? what's on. The block. I don't even know. Fucking Oh, the Wallabies nerds. games will be on Jam. Yeah. yeah. 
than well, all of his games are all free to wear, but I don't think. Like, no, but I'm saying they'll be on. Jet. I don't know if you'll be able to watch South Africa, New Zealand. I think you'll have to get a Stan Sport account, which is a big decision. It is, unless Stan want to give us one for free, which would also be a big decision for you. Wait, it would, it would be a smart decision. It'd be for a Stan. smart decision. Eddie, before we wrap, uh, we've had a bit of a wag a wag story. Is that correct? Yep, that's how I would describe it. A, a, a wag scandal, I think. Scallywag. Scallywag. It's scallywag behaviour. Yeah. That's um, exactly what it is. Now, Nadia Bartel of... AFL wag fan. Yeah. Yeah. Of, you know, prominent AFL wag fan. Well, fucking... For, former AFL wag. Well, no, you're still a wag if you're an ex, I think. Right. I'd, I'd still be saying. But Jimmy Bartel's still... In the AFL world. Yeah. On radio and shit. Yeah. He's still part of it. He's not like a chippy now. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's on the board of GWS. There you go. So she's a wag. She's a wag. Uh, she, what was it? Like, just it got leaked on Instagram. So uh, do you want me to take you through it? I've yeah, got wag's gone here. wild. Wag's gone wild. So Nadia Bartel, um, currently living in Melbourne where lockdown protocols are a thing. Basically, a video popped up on her Instagram, which I believe is public, on her story of her doing some lines off a what looks to be a Kmart plate of what people have identified. She said uh, the footage was public for about 10 minutes before it was taken down. Um, It was apparently a mistake. She meant to send it to her sister, but as she says, because her phone screen was cracked, it went onto her public story. So Nadia put it up herself, not her friend. I think her friend put put it up. They uh, said her friend put it up. It's, no, it said Emerald City is... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Her friend Ellie Pearson accidentally uploaded the clip to her public Instagram instead of sending it to her sister. I mean, look, that's tough. I will say the moment she realised what she'd done would have been the most fucking anxiety-inducing... She got like half a million followers, dude. And then... She got half a million? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when you realise you've uploaded... A fucking video of you doing lines now of what that powder was, we don't know. But we can guess. We can guess. We can use our detective hats. Yeah. Would, uh, like if you're Nadia Bartel, are you just fucking ropeable? With your mate. With your mate? Well, yeah. But also there's an element where it's like, yeah, look, your friend fucked up by posting it short, but you're breaking lockdown. I like. I don't think you know. Some Red Bull is the most disgraceful behavior of all time, right? Like you can pretend like fucking no one does it, but I know that people do do it from time to time. So you, that to me is like, well, you it's know, the lockdown thing. It's the lockdown breaking. That's like, it's the lockdown breaking to go do Red Bulls. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's it's one like, into the other. Yeah. And then getting caught by putting it on Instagram. Putting on Instagram is just, it's stupid as fuck, but it is a great, juicy scallywag. Wag's gone wild yarn. It's very rugby league. It is very rugby league, isn't it? (laughs) It's super rugby league. It's very rugby league. AFL's starting to do a little bit more of that stuff. Well, you know, like... Trying to promote the finals. They've always had the rug to sweep shit under, but I think now they're realising that the rug might be the biggest mistake they've ever had. Yes, let these things out from let the, under let them, the rug. Let, let them breathe. Let Tom. them breathe. Let them breathe. Spin them around the glass a little bit and sniff them in. Sniff them in. And you'll see that they fucking work wonders. I mean, you're right, though. It was, it was always touted as the best rug in the land, the AFL rug. 
from which all scandals were put beneath. Swiftly swept under. But I think that AFL, who is always keeping an eye on its big brother rugby league, you know, seeing how, you know, the best in the business do it. Yeah. And I think that they see that sometimes the best way to a ratings bonanza, which rugby league continually delivers, is via the scandal. Now, this is very rugby league in its scallywagness, but in its stupidity bit, as in well. Its stupidity, in its clumsy... but also, but also, it's not really hurting anyone. No, you know, it's yeah. it's just careless. Yes, it's careless and stupid, and obviously, breaking lockdowns are not good. But you know, I am certainly of the belief of like, okay, dumb, kind of funny. You'd hate to see someone like lose their livelihood over it. No, that'd be too much. And also, like Victoria, you know, obviously stupid. But if you're in Victoria and you've gone over what, like, basically a year in lockdown, yeah, all up, you're like, I can see where people are going. I'm over. I'm it. over it. Fuck it. Like, we all know what's happening here. The numbers are fucked. We're ahead of New South Wales after the same period, even though we locked down early with Delta. So it proves, <laughs> That's crazy. So it proves that it can't be stopped. It, yeah, Delta can't be stopped. We know this, right? So, um, you know, she's just like, I need to go and fucking let, let us leave. Save. Again, we're not, we're not encouraging the breaking no, of lockdowns. No, no, I'm just, I'm just working You've through how I see You've got to be able to empathise with someone who's fucking over lockdowns. And as much as you go, well, the vast majority of us are doing the right thing, I think everyone in little bits here and there even if it's absent-mindedly is breaking down lockdowns to some degree again not intentionally not going and getting on the fucking red bulls uh with your pals and filming and uploading instagram nothing like that extreme but like i just don't think it's like a holy shit you're the worst person that's ever lived because you're just an idiot and you also shouldn't have been doing it you're an idiot uh apparently and i don't know if this is true kmart plate sales exploded People wanted those plates. Is that true, Dave? It. I don't know if the actual sales exploded, but it kind of did go viral. That ever like someone figured it out and was like, "Yo, that's a three dollar Kmart plate," and it became a bit of a trend. And people were saying like, cause she got dropped from a sponsorship. She was like, "Oh, they should um, get Kmart to sponsor her, and she should be their brand ambassador." Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I'd be shocked if the plate started selling well. I mean, Kmart probably already fucking sells out of plates. Oh, they can move plates. They can move plates, dude. I don't think you need someone to be snorting lines off them to bloody <laughs> get those things to move. But maybe, I haven't seen the video. Maybe it fucking came off the plate really nice, you know? Maybe it just, and everyone was like, ooh. Okay, that's a plate that knows how to that, fucking that deliver a slug. De- <laughs> <laughs> knows how to deliver a Red Bull. <laughs> and, you know. Assuming that's what it was. Assuming that's what it was. May well have been caster sugar, who knows? Which, you know, you can't knock her if it was caster sugar either. Any way to just sort of give yourself a just bit of get a, a hit. Just get, get a hit during these lockdowns. I don't know. But, I mean, maybe this is a marketing campaign from Kmart Plates. The whole thing. Guerrilla marketing. Guerrilla marketing. You know how they had... You know when fucking uh, the It movie was coming out and they started doing all those clown sightings over America? That was all marketing, dude. Do you maybe know... that's it. I was reading this the other day. McDonald's discontinued Ronald McDonald essentially because of that. So they were always like winding it down because they weren't marketing to kids enough, but that was the death knell for Ronald McDonald. What, when it came out? When, when the clown siding started, when people started freaking each other out with clowns. Well, it's a smart move from McDonald's. Yeah. But that was purely for it. 
Was that right? I think so, yeah. Mm. I feel like it, it got started that way, but people took it of their own accord to be like... Well, no, I'm people that jumped on the back of it, but it yeah, was like yeah. no one was actually killing anyone or doing it. People were just being etching clowns, but it was started, I'm pretty sure, as a guerrilla marketing campaign. I'm just saying, I don't know whether this could be the most genius marketing campaign from Kmart Plates to have someone with half a million Instagram followers, a rugby, uh, an AFL wag in a scallywag, wags gone wild scenario... And then what? Someone starts talking about the fact that the plates were from Kmart and now everyone wants Kmart plates? A little fucking convenient, if you ask me. Very convenient. Look, it's a little tinfoil hatty, but that's why you come here. Mm. You come here for the conspiracy scoop. And plates, I mean, not notoriously distinctive of each other. No. No, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought so. Who the fuck knows that? There was nothing about that plate in the video that I saw that was like, oh, okay, that's a distinct-looking plate that I'll be able to cross-reference. Well, with it's not branded Kmart. Plates I know. You know? No. You'd have to be a bit of a fucking loser to go on a deep dive on plates to find out where the plate came from. Unless you own the exact same plate and you knew where you purchased it. Not a bad point. And it was because a great point. Kmart's fucking everywhere, you'd assume most people have Kmart plates. I mean, like, if you can get a $3 Kmart plate, why wouldn't you? It's pretty cheap. It's affordable. You get 10 plates for 30 bucks. Yeah. that's a, and, and no one needs 10 plates. But, like, you know, you get 10 plates... 30 bucks. Your, plates, your plate issue is done. You're done. You don't have a plate issue anymore. No. You don't have a plate issue If anymore. you had a plate issue, you go to Kmart, you get 10 for 30 bucks. Mm. You, your plate issue is non-existent. It's gone. You had a plate issue, now you don't have a plate issue. And all you had to part was with 30 bucks. Yeah. That's and, what Kmart's offering via its plates. And I'm, I guarantee you that there'd be some sort of a deal where you'd be able to solve a plate issue, a bowl issue, and probably a cup issue for less than $100. And I reckon you could probably throw in some cutlery issues as well. All under 100 bucks. All under 100 bucks, potentially. Maybe. And maybe even an iron or something. Yeah. If you needed one. Wine glasses, Eddie. Wine glasses. Tumblers, Tom, for the whiskeyman. Yes. And Scotchman. Like, that's what Kmart can offer for reasonable prices that look after everyday, hardworking Australian families. And, and, and if you think for a second that Nadia Bartel railing slugs off a plate wasn't a guerrilla marketing camp campaign for Kmart, then... You just fucking, you got your eyes painted on. You're not, you're not reading the situation well enough. You're not playing your eyes up footy. No. You got your head in the gutter. Yeah, head in the sand. You got your head in the sand like an ostrich. I don't know why they put their heads in the sand, but <laughs> I feel like they do. <laughs> or, or They do, or we've just seen a, a, a cartoon of them doing it. Do ostriches put their head in their sand and why? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, oh, no, not true. Ostriches <laughs> don't bury their heads in the sand. They wouldn't be able to breathe but they do dig holes in the dirt to use as nests for their eggs. Several times a day, a bird puts their head in the hole and turns the eggs, so it looks like they're burying their heads in the sand. Okay, there we go. Don't be the, don't be the ostrich turning your eggs no, in the hole, because no. you'll miss things. You'll miss things. Like a guerrilla marketing, guerrilla marketing campaign that's happening right in front of your eyes, and now you're thinking, can I solve a plate problem, cup problem, bowl problem, cutlery problem? And you've missed it because your head is in a hole yeah. and you've been turning eggs. But the, but the reality is, though, you can solve all of those issues at Kmart because the value is just fucking un, unparalleled. It's unparalleled value. And that's why Nadia Bartel did those things. Should we, should we dribble? <laughs> if that wasn't dribbly enough. Did you get your old boy anything for Father's Day? Weights. Some like new weight bar things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Funny, I got me and Will got my old man one of those guns that fucking. Do, 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 oh do, yeah, do. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, ready to go.
Yeah, hold on, Dave. Just before you hit the uh, the dribbles here, I did just have something that was funny. I didn't realise I missed it yesterday, but uh, for those of you that buy the newspaper, like I do, um, there's a, there was a thing in there yesterday for like Father's Day, Stella Mag. Um, and what is Stella Mag? Fucking, I don't know, dude. It's a magazine in the papers. But David Warner was on the front in a tuxedo with his family. So it's like, you know, uh, David and Candace Warner on playtime parenting and politics, uh, which is why we are gathered here today. The final word there, politics. And just a sentence here. Shout out to Harry O'Neill for bringing it to my attention. Uh, I fucking wasn't paying attention to it. But... Uh, from the article and the surprising revelation Warner says he is not opposed to entering politics when the time comes to hang up the baggy green my days as a cricketer are numbered and the past two years have been like a bit of a sense of retirement for everyone being out in the middle being part of the team is what I value so I look forward to continuing to do that at least for the next couple of years David starts before adding a lot of people a lot of people do say that I should look at politics from where I sit in my life, I love global politics and I do love the sense of helping people. Who's telling Dave to get into politics? Plenty of people, apparently. Who? Like everyone, I would think. A lot of people say that I should look at politics. Well, and this is no disrespect to Dave, but the politics are all cheaters. Lying and fucking scoundrel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you got a bit in him. You got a bit. He can in tell him. a fib. He can. He can tell a porky. He can be sneaky. He can dance. He can dance around the issue and the question at hand. Certainly. Yeah. He can not answer a straight he, question. He can deflect well. He can. He can yeah. play straight back. Yeah. Yeah. He can. He can keep some things fucking quiet. Yeah. I think. I think you. you know, he has he, not addressed the ball tampering issue. So like. And he never will. No. Not until he puts. Re- it probably on retires though. Well, and then he goes on sixty book. minutes he's for like all, fucking. No, he's tellable. Yeah, but see, the thing with the tell-all book is that story gets leaked by journos immediately the second he writes that book. So I don't think it's even valuable to fucking do your book as well. But I'd have, I'd be going, oi, 60 minutes, here's, give me 500 grand and I'll tell you the story and then I'll sell a book, which is probably only ever going to sell a certain amount anyway. If I was thinking for days. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Um, but what is nice, and this is just before we get into the dribbles, is just that this time of the year, the cricket yarn is just as we're coming into summer, just more and more stories. And it's like, of course, Dave gets the front cover of Stella Mag because we're coming into the summer of cricket. Mm-hmm. The idea of Dave going into politics is actually something that I am so horny for. Would you vote Dave? Would you vote one Dave? No, probably not. But I'd be... I'd but, just, what if you, but you haven't heard his policies yet. Well, so that's why I'd say no at this point. He hasn't given me anything to vote for yet. But... What if he was come out and he's a big lefty? I doubt that about Dave, but then again, he could be. Dave, what do you reckon about Dave? Would you vote for your namesake? Mm, probably not. Again, I don't give a fuck if you're left or right. If your policies make sense, then I'll vote for you. Because that's the way I am. I'm not like Eddie who's hard right, Dave who's hard left. I'm just a middle guy floating between. If anything, that's worse. No, it's not. Because you're basically evaluating everything based on their merits rather than aligning yourself to a side and going, I'm left or I'm right, which is what you fucking losers do. So I'm not hard right. No, you're not hard right. I was, I was just waiting for you to fucking chirp me, but you didn't. You just sat there and took it like a fucking 
bitch. Like a cuck. <laughs> Far right oh, cuck. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking hell. You think you got a mate? <laughs> think you got a mate? Uh, no, you got a mate. You're just a bit, you're a bit hard right. Yeah. Daddy's just a fucking... I'd say I'm centred. I'd say I'm probably more left if I was being honest, but I don't think that I actually... It's hard to be left these days when you go... But I also, like I also... But I'm also starting I, to get a little more I, conservative in my old age. I, I also take close to zero fucking notice of Australian politics. Same. Unless it has something to do with when are the lockdowns ending. Yeah, then I'm paying attention. That's I pay attention to that. I tell you what though, I don't give I don't pay any attention to those eleven AM fucking press conferences anymore. No. You know like when we started oh, no, the lockdown? Like, no, no, it was like, that. oh shit, we're getting more, it's two hundred cases, it's seventy, eighty, ninety, eight. Now it's like pfft. What date is it? Yeah. And when do we get out? When do we get out? Oh, I'm getting my second vaccination today, actually. Got mine. How'd you feel? Uh, you had a night after you, you know you needed a snooze the next day i had a, so i got mine like a one o'clock and then i had a nap the next like about lunchtime the next day i was like mm, might have a nap that was all they didn't feel sick no see they say that you shouldn't get your second one if you're crook i feel better now i've got a blocked nose but i'm putting that down to hay fever i'm like fuck it i'm not and being a beta and being a a beta um if anything was going to bring you down it'd be a vaccine like you'd get sick as dog off one yeah, potentially. Because you're immunocompromised. Yeah, but like, I mean, I don't even, like, I've, whenever I had the, I've never really had the vaccine. Like, once I got to a certain point in terms of like your flu vaccines and shit, I'm sure I had them when I was younger, when I was a kid. Like, Do you get the flu vaccine? No, I don't. That's what I mean. But I got it last year with Evie because it was like, you know, I think you sort of have to. Yeah, right. Um, but I've never fucking had them. So I don't know if I'm going to get knocked around by the second fucking Pfizer. Yeah. We'll see. But Steph now a bit sick as well. So yeah. I don't know that she'll be getting it. Anyway, who gives a fuck? Let's dribble. <laughs> right, let's go. Let's go, baby. Tom, Eddie, D or you pissant. I've just been listening back to the most recent episode. We have agreed on the most superior caller of rugby league is Dan Ganane, and I couldn't agree more. I've been saying the same thing for years. But you've made me think what makes Dan so great. And I've concluded that it's for the time when a smoking hot outside back, maybe Tommy T, Josh Adokar, breaks into the backfield to score under the black dot. Dan just lets rip. One of the most alpha male, guttural, goodbyes! I like to think when he says it, he, he's almost paying tribute to Leighton. Just trying to get the same lift that Leighton got out of the car! Anyway, food for thought. Be soon. I like that. I think that's a good point. Like, Dan Ganane understands the value of channeling the come on. Now, not many people know this, but Leighton has said it privately. At least he said it to Tom and I, he's a dear friend, that he thinks the only reason he won two majors and two Davis Cups was off the back of the come on. Yeah. You take the come on out of that situation and he doesn't think he wins anything. That's coming from the, the horse's mouth. That's directly from, from the horse's mouth in Leighton. And I think it's very apt to say that the goodbye is the commentator's come on um, that Dan has fucking coined. Um, I will say this, and like a lot of dribbles get very fucking butthurt about uh, us not thinking Vossi's the number one caller, which he isn't. It's not about thinking, he just isn't. No disrespect. But he did do a very good job in the, a couple of those moments in the Manly game. So shout out to Vossi for those. 
Vossi is part of the fabric of the game. We're not anti him. You need Voss. We're not anti Vossi like as a caller. I would, it's not like I'd be like, fuck, don't want to listen to him. He's not He's not someone I don't want to listen to, although he does hate Manly. I can't watch Manly games when he commentates because I fucking, it drives me wild. Although I have to watch the game because Manly's playing, but you know what I'm saying. I don't enjoy him on Manly games. But he did a good job when Manly played the Cows. The fucking, he called some of those Tommy tries very well, some of those moments in, in the game very well. But Ganane's got a better voice. He's got the goodbye, and Vossi is the king of the unnecessary hyperbole, where it's like, oh, would you just, would you, never like, have you ever seen anything like, like this on Fox League? He like, was, well, he, I'm sure I've seen it a fucking bunch, mate. When, um, tackle. like, when, when Garrick was running back, I think against Granville in that last try of the game, he's like, he called it the foot race for the ages. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I just don't know if that's Jake Granville. And Ruben Garrick <laughs> is, the, is a foot race for the ages? I don't know that that's what it is. I don't think so. No. Like, where, to, where do you go from there? If that's <laughs> the foot race for the ages, <laughs> what are you going to call Saab versus Adokar? Yeah. And that's where he annoys me a bit. Is it's this, is it's like the over-the-top attempt to build up a situation that doesn't need anything more than just to call the fuck out of it. Just call the fuck out of it, mate. Don't give me some... I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this because I know you have because we all have. Save that for when you've never seen anything like it. Which is when you'll need to use it. Yeah. And if you've already used it, it'll be a little bit like the boy who cried wolf. That's it. Foot race for the ages. Well, you already said that for, for Ruben and, and Granville, so I don't know whether that's <laughs> got the same weight anymore. Yeah. Um, and Granville, to, to be dropping that on Granville was an odd choice. Well, it's, a dis it's disrespectful to... To, to Ruben, who's clearly faster than fucking Granville, uh, it's disrespectful to Granville because he even knows that that's not true and it feels like you're being patronising to him. And then it's disrespectful to Saab and Adokar, the two fastest players in the game, who are going to have the greatest foot race of all time. Anyway, uh, Dan Ganane soon. We made that video of Dan. I uh, bet Dan saw it, but haven't heard from Dan yet. <laughs> Come on, Dan. Go on, Dan. Reach out. We know you listen. Tom, Eddie, Dogger and Dave. Um, just in regards to your chat about getting Dave on a work site and working a little motherfucker into the ground, um, if you want to get him out of your hair for a week or so, send him out with us, mate. We'll fucking take him out to the shearing sheds. Um, eight hours on your feet, fucking running. Burrs and grass seeds and shit in your hand. And then you go back and fucking sleep in a old shanty. It'd be a lot of fun for him. Um, character building. So, yeah. Get Where? Back Where is it? And how do we get back to you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, save that one, Dave. Don't delete it. Okay. Um, but so there's a few people who have reached out. Now, a week in the shearing sheds would be great. I don't know if we have the budget to send Dave out there and to have that filmed the whole week. Yeah, a whole week's a bit much as well. Well, no, Dave, that's not... Well, not just in terms like, if I have uni that I have to do as well, that's oh, going to be a bit yeah, rough. Yeah, right, because no one's ever fucking fucked off at uni. You can go and stew that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can go and stew that, Dave. Well, and waste my holiday, mate. What do you or, mean? Or it's you a can, week. Or you can go on your four-month holidays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember how long the holidays were. Yeah, don't pretend like you're fucking... They're a week. I was done in October back in March. They were so good, dude. That's a long time. They were so good. That's um, a long time. Now, there was Ironside's also thrown up that you can go and work with him. Obviously, Sydney, a bit more local. And there is a 
a landscape gardening guy in Bellevue, like right near where you live, Dave, who said that he can get you on the site for a day and just to flog you. So there's a, there's a few there to work with. I have done landscape gardening and it is fucked. And I almost think that we get him in red jeans and a blue shirt <laughs> and some steel caps. Like we'll cover your, your setup costs. And a helmet. Huh? And a helmet. And you got to wear the shit the whole day. Are we talking like a bike helmet? No, a hard no, hat. Jesus Christ, Dave. Do we need to get a... Uh, do you need a white card to be a landscape gardener? Surely not. Yeah, um, Surely not. No. You're just fucking moving soil on earth. Earth. We'll yeah, look into that. Side, yeah. But Dave, uh, so that's... We can certainly get you for a day. Get him a GoPro. He can do a little diary at Smoko if he's not dead. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, look, I good options there. I could prioritise all I want, but I feel like I'm not really getting a say in what happens. No, I? you're not. Yeah, so no, 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 no point really. Well, you're not would, getting what a would say. You prefer, what would you prefer? What would you prefer? Yeah, would you prefer still, a week? Think, would you prefer a week in the shearing shit out west? In Or would you prefer a day of fucking landscape gardening? I think day of landscape gardening, but also, and yeah, maybe this so. is like me being like the eastern suburbs, like sheltered kid, but I think like... A w- certainly not a week, but maybe a day like out shearing. That would be a cool experience. I think I would enjoy that because I haven't really had that exposure to the more rural lifestyle sure. and things. You, so wouldn't be, a, you wouldn't be shearing. I can promise you that. They probably wouldn't You'd be a rouse about. Shit. You'd be fucking. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Well, you'd be sweeping the wool away from. Shit kicker. Yeah. But. So I think I'd be that wherever I went. Yes. But like, I don't know that what. So we've got to get you out fucking to a. You've got to go quite rural in a lockdown. I don't know that that's (laughs) going to be possible for a day to, you know, Dave's big day out. And how would you be getting out there on the train? I don't know. Yeah, the train where you'd have to leave early as fuck. Get out. I feel like you getting the train out there and then like a bus or two buses is how you'd do it. Yeah, we wouldn't be flying you. You wouldn't be driving too far for little Dave. Yeah, no, you'd fucking. We don't want that. We want you to be safe. Anyway, let us mull it over. Yeah, we'll mull it over. And that guy needs to give us way more information than he did. Like, we don't know how to contact you. We don't know where you are. Yeah, if your shearing shed is in Vaucluse, then I might change my mind. <laughs> but we'll see. Tom, Eddie, Big Day Dave. Just having a look at some stats about the NRL, I noticed that the Brayleys are both top five and ineffective tackles. <laughs> Must have been some high-scoring backyard footy games for them. But it got me thinking, like a lot of things do, about the Javoyevich brothers and just the effect that backyard footy has had on both of those. So do you think that Tom's destructive and elusive running is a product of having to run at Jake Javoyevich, the best defender in the comp? Or do you think that Jake Javoyevich being the best defender in the comp is a product of tackling... 6.1 tackled us the game. Tom Javoyevich. Interesting question. Anyway, do you think that John Wick or Jason Bourne would win in a fight? Head of the eel, never. Eagle the eagle, forever. Be soon. It's a great point. It's a chicken and the egg, really, isn't it? I think it is the chicken and the egg. Jake came first, though, so maybe it's actually not. Well, I'd say it's probably that... Tommy had to avoid Jake because Jake was always going to be able to snap him as the older brother. That's right. And, you know, when you're wrestling and your brother just fucking panning you. Yeah. Well, I was doing the panning because I'm the eldest. But you understand what we mean. I think that's exactly how it worked. Tom needed to learn to be elusive. And as he learned to be elusive to avoid getting snapped, Jake, in doing so, trying to 
keep control of the situation had as the older brother had to get better at snapping and snapping. Is it is the term iron sharpens iron or steel sharpens steel or fucking, you know what I mean? So yeah. Pressure builds diamonds. Pressure builds diamonds. Jake get Tommy gets better at being elusive because Jake's fucking snapping him. Jake's got to then get better at snapping because Tommy's starting to get too elusive. Yeah. And Jake then gets better at snapping. Tommy's got to get more elusive. They're just been pushing each other year after year, day after day. And then what do you think Ben Trebojevich is doing? Oh, I've got to be able to snap and run. And there's the blueprint. Yeah. There's the blueprint. Be like Tom. And Jake. And Jake. Because i got to snap and run. Got to snap, got to run. Got to bend and snap. Yeah. Snap and run and bend. Snap, snap. crackle, pop. Makes sense. Uh, and then I've got a, a, an admission to make. Never seen John Wick. I've heard it's fucking good though. And it's one of those ones where I'm like, I know I'll enjoy it. I just haven't. Oh, I've never seen it either. There you go. Sorry. So I'm going to have to vote Jason Bourne. Got to go with Bourne. Jason was, he was a handful. Jason was a handful. He was a rugby league handful. Hey boys. Uh, just weighing in quickly on the cat versus possum debate. Um, you know, it's interesting. I have a cat. She's about 20 years old. She had three legs. Uh, fourth leg was lost in a cat versus possum uh, brawl, of course, when she was about one there or two years old. So uh, she fought valiantly, and she remains a, remains a tough bitch to this very day. I mean, you know, she's nearly 21 years old and has three legs, so I think you can't make the argument that she isn't tough and it's a case-by-case basis. But, um, yeah, that's my, that's my little story to add to this debate. Uh, make about what you will. See you soon. Well, listen... Firstly, thank you for your dribble. Secondly, that possum opportunistic when taking on a one-year-old cat, you know? So, like, yeah, sure. You beat a cat as a possum when it's a one-year-old. Took the leg. You don't know how old the possum was. We don't know how old the possum was, Eddie. But We got another possum dribble if you want to reserve your comments till yeah, okay. after Let's another go story. Let's yeah. go. G'day, fellas. Tom, Eddie, and my fave, Dior Dave. Um, just another dribbler here wanting to get on the back of the great cat versus possum debate. <laughs> it's one of the greatest debates. And I just think you can talk all you want about who's stronger, has bigger claws or teeth or whatever, but I think the point we're all missing is how bloody smart cats are compared to most possums, which are just the biggest dead shits. Mm. Like my my family home was like a two-story house, although it was on a big fuck-off slope. So at the back, it was like three pushing four stories off the ground. And there would be constantly just cheeky cunt possums running around on the on the deck at night. And our cat used to just chase them to the point where they would just dead set leap for their life off the back of the deck and just fall and die. It was fucking off its chops. You'd just hear them hitting the ground harder than um harder than Tom hits pads down at Clavelli. <laughs> but uh sometimes no, we'd be going down and just scraping them off the ground like a fucking egg. Um for a tree animal, you'd think that they'd, they'd be better at withstanding lengthy falls. But uh, you would think, yeah. That. To summarise, I'd be giving how far the fall a was. cat second um, story, not far. The hundred percent win on that. It, it, they'd give a possum an absolute fucking shellacking. Um, I don't think there's much going on between the ears of any given possum, to be honest. But uh, anyway, I thought I'd just call up to weigh in on the topic. Beers soon, and uh, cats over kamikaze possums forever. Thank you for your dribble, sir. The, the so cat beat possum has fucking so taken he, off. He's suggesting that possums would rather throw themselves to their own deaths than 
punch take the on cat. the cat. Well, certainly that or some possums maybe when they feel like they're not in their own territory, not on their own turf, in an attempt to escape, leap to their own deaths. But, you know, they go, fuck it. They don't think about where they're jumping to. So it's probably not intentional. Like when a goldfish jumps out of its bowl, it's probably not trying to end its life. It's just an idiot. Mm, interesting. I'm still not sold either way. I'm, I mean, it's a tough fucking debate. Mm. I think maybe it's got to be put in the P's and D's page. Cat v. Possum. You I'm, know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm hearing earlier that, that a cat's, uh, possum's taking a cat's limb. Now I'm hearing that possums are throwing themselves to their, their own death. deaths. I don't know what to think. I've just sent you guys a couple of videos if you wanted to have a look of the possum action which happened outside my window the other night, which is which was pretty exciting. But was it was it was possum v possum. Uh, it wasn't possum well v cat. I mean, oh, they they are biffing. Yeah, the first one in the tree. Oh, you see him fall. Oh, fully out of the tree. We'll put this on the vid if you're watching on YouTube. Oh shit. Okay. See, you know what though. Looked like. Oh shit! They do have a crack. They do have a crack. I'm going with a cat. I think. Yeah, if I'm I just looking so. at this. That's changed my opinion somewhat. I think the cat might, based off that. They're not as sharp as you, as I would have thought. No, cats are agile as fuck. Like you know, just grow. Oh, up. he does get him one. The punch. Yeah, the punch. Yeah, dude, but the punch was post, like, two thrusts, which was the funniest thing. Isn't like, what, he's jabbing? Like, jabbing two thrusts and then punches him. In the, not in the tree one, in the second video. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. second one, when you're on the tree. ground. That's interesting stuff. That's very interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he gets him here, doesn't he? Back mm. of the head, that's not illegal. That's you gotta, not illegal. You, you, gotta, you gotta back a big cat every day of the week, I, I think so, I think so. Anyway. Yep. Let's move on. G'day, boys. Jarch here, uh, a.k.a. the TTD, the TikTok dribbler. Um, I'm just currently watching the Roosters struggle against the Raiders. But I wanted to come in and just um, spin a yarn about Tommy and the song that we used to sing about Big Tommy Burns. And if you don't mind, I'd like to sing it for you right now. <clears throat> this is when he was living in his cot bed. It's me old mate Tommy Burns. The son of an Aussie hero, a legend through and through. He's, He's always sitting in his tidy whities pulling and rubbing his chain. A conversational genius and a witty cunt on the booze. Yeah, that's the song we'd sing about Tommy when he was lying in his dirty fucking filthy Cat cot bed that was about an inch thick that he got from the street. Anyway, good to see you. Thank you so much. <laughs> One of the great songs of all time. One of the great songs. Was that the lyrics to which was written on our whiteboard in our house for yeah, like yeah, fucking... Yeah. So, Tom, you had a whiteboard, I think. Yeah, I don't know why And I you got bought it because you thought it would add value to the house and value it did it add. It did add value. <laughs> and my old mate Tommy Berms sung so eloquently there by Jarge. Uh... It sat on the whiteboard for like a year and a half. So that it was just like sat there in the kitchen. Yeah, was that the team song of your house? Essentially, we had a few. We did like we had a full albums worth of we, songs, but that was certainly a one that got. That was probably the one that we know the best. Yeah, we know. There's yeah. That was we, our first hit. That was our first hit. <laughs> critical acclaim. Yeah, we used to make up songs. We used to fucking love it. 
but that's our that's our most famous one there was one that we were trying to there was one time when we were sitting on our balcony again it was like when we were living in town it was like quiet country town bathurst we were on our balcony absolutely flogged it was like four in the morning and we were trying to land on like the vocal melody for the verse in eddie's song and it was it couldn't have been no it was that was the kings of cable song sorry that was the vocal melody for um for our main song which was the kings of keppel which is about all of us keppel street was where we lived um and it was like about the fucking or it was like the chorus it was like how are we singing the chorus we are the kings uh, 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 or something. and we couldn't land on the no bro it's and we were screaming this at four in the morning on the balcony and i can't remember someone was like can you guys shut the fuck up and we were like oh that you know like we immediately then realized how horrendous that must have been to listen to and we never landed on it we still don't know how that vocal uh, the chorus goes um but anyway thank it's you it's a vibe vibe alone it's vibe thank you josh for sending that in funnily enough evie got a new cot because we've got a new baby coming and there is a cot bed mattress in our living room and i think about it i'll get a photo of me laying on it maybe <laughs> i had flashbacks Oh, good stuff. Love great that stuff. song. Thank you, Josh. One of the great songs. One of the great songs. Tom, Eddie, Dior, Dave. It's the DMC table dribbler here. Uh, it's the night before my wedding, and I'm ironing the groomsman's shirt, just listening to the potty. Uh, and I was thinking about the discussion around OnlyFans and their backflip on their decision. And I honestly think it's fucking the biggest wool pull ever because they said they were going to take all this uh, explicit content off. And it's done the rounds around the world on the news, blah, blah, blah. Created a heap of fucking press around it. And now they're backflipping and going back to normal. So I honestly think it was just one big, giant PR stunt. Keen to hear your thoughts. All right, love you, boys. And I'll be thinking about you at my wedding. Bye. Thanks, bro. Congratulations on getting married. I think we kind of said as much, didn't we? We Yeah, well, did we? I don't know. I think we did. I think we were like, this could be one of the great, or at least I said it. When we were doing it, when we were talking, I was like, this could also just be a fucking wool pull to get. I don't, re- uh, I don't remember you saying that. We'll go back and listen. I'm pretty sure I did fucking say it. Dave, did you say that? Mm, I don't know. I don't think, yeah, you, I don't okay. think you did. I'll go back and listen. I'm, I'm prepared to say I said it, put it that way. I'm prepared to say I definitely said it on uh, one Interesting, of though, that he pods. obviously listened to the podcast and was called in. Would you say that'd be the first time that a dribbler's called in and fucking brought up a topic that we've already covered? Oi, what's your fucking favorite bounced out meal? How many times did I ask that question and answered it? <laughs> um, Good point. But Good point. congrats on your wedding. And yeah, I think it could have been a Nadia Bartel situation, that OnlyFans one. I think, yeah, could have had some Bartel about it for sure. 100%. Let's I mean, move on. Let's move on, yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Nah. Hey, boys. Tom, Eddie, Dior, punters and dribblers. Um, it's Peter here of Mitch Orbison is the greatest utility of all. Um, I just didn't ring up because um, there's been a lot of rhetoric around no shampoo lately. And look, I'm, I'm here for it. I don't mind. Like, that's fine. But, you know, both of you also have been talking a lot lately about being from the country. And being from the country, surely you've had a bonfire or two. Mm. And I just want to know, how the fuck have you not washed your hair after a bonfire? Like, that shit stays on your clothes. It stays in your hair. It takes about three washes to get bonfire smell out of your hair. Like, that shit is rank. You fucking unpack your swag six months after your last camp and it reeks of bonfire. So, 
surely you're washing your hair after a bonfire. Surely. Like, it's rank if you're not. What's the go? I mean, Tom, you've got no sense of smell, so maybe your miso's just not telling you about it, but surely. Yeah, also, t- listen to the Fun Fashion Footy podcast. Love you, boys. That's all right. Girls from Fun Fashion Footy, check them out. The, uh, the dribblets there, uh, Peter and Ash. You can't smell smoke, can you? No, no. Like, I can smell smoke uh, to a degree, but it's not like... Bonfire ooh, smoke? Sm- if I'm right on it, yeah. Like, if I'm right on it. But I couldn't smell it in my hair like days it, after. It's fucking everywhere. So it smells bad? you got to wash your clothes and shit. But it smells bad? Yeah, yeah I don't think it's good. I don't... I'm not against washing your hair for like a... If you've got like poo in your hair, I'd be washing it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be like, no, don't. You got to wash it if you need to wash it, there, but don't wash it just because it's like, oh, it's Thursday. I wash my no, hair yeah, everywhere. Exactly. That's that's what we're saying. If you've got shit in your hair or you've got smoke in your hair and it's stinking the joint up, wash you, it. You wash it. But we're just saying, don't pre- prescribe to. Oh, got to wash my hair every Wednesday because fucking wash you know, my hair once a week. It's big to get shampoo dirty told again. me to. No, it's bullshit. Wash your hair every day because big shampoo told me I nah, have to. Big that's what we're saying. Fucking, big shampoo's got your hoodwinked, bruh. That's what we're saying. And look. Have, we been have an emergency bottle on hand. Absolutely. That you'll use one bottle a year, maybe. Not even, bros, because I'm not at a bonfire or putting poo in my hair every day. I'll go, like, if I don't know what the use by date is on a bottle of shampoo, but have it there if you need it. And you might get through it in a lifetime as opposed to fucking going through a bottle a month because big shampoo's got you fucking wigging out. <laughs> got you suckling off the tea to the big shampoo. Um, but You're yeah, a sheep. Been a much fair share of bonfires over my time. I mean, I, I from the country now live in the city, so I haven't been to a bonfire for some time now. In fairness, to bonfires. That's unfortunate to bonfires. Well, when was the last to have bonfire your you've been at? Uh, Jarcha Steps 30th. Ah, country as well. Mm. Missed so, it. not that long ago. Sorry. Inside of three months, I'd say. Yeah, okay, it's actually pretty You good. didn't come. No surprises. Anyway. Well, no, I couldn't come. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't come. Always something. Try have a kid, bro. Always Life changes. Something. Life changes. You got to have responsibilities. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, boys, Ironside here. Um, some spooky. I was actually going to call up about Todd Arkefu the week before he uh, unfortunately got a uh, home invasion. Anyway, this isn't about a sad old story. It's actually a quite a good story. Um, one time I was in Japan and I was at a, um, in a pub and Kefu actually started to piss next to me. Um, which leads me into my question. Um, who's the most famous person you've done a piss next to? Um, good question. Pretty niche question, but I'm sure plenty of dribblers have done a piss next to um, someone famous. Uh, if I had a like the person I'd really love to build piss next to. Um, it would be uh, fucking nude soon Luke Brakey. I'd love to be able to do a piss next to him. Um, I almost tried to when I saw him down at Manly Oval, but um, I thought that might be coming off too strong. Uh, the old Dave, reach out, mate. Uh, love to have you on the tools. I'm sure there's a fucking hole you can dig. Um, I'd love to see your hands get lifted up. Um, we'll try and keep you away from the poo, saying you think that you're fucking a big tough guy with shit. Um, no one likes shit, not even plumbers. Cheers, mate. There you go. Getting called out by Big Plumber there from Dave. It's like, don't pretend like you're good with poo, dude. Not even the plumbers like poo. I've pissed next to Joey Johns at the Stain. Okay. I'm trying to think. I, I've definitely pissed next to Wendell 
And I mean, I didn't see his cock, but I know I didn't want to see it next Did to you mine. feel its presence? Yeah. I knew I was in the presence of a big dick. Um, <laughs> so it was just sort of like, don't look. But I'm sure he was looking at mine and laughing to himself because, you know, Wendell, his penis precedes him. Um, I think that's probably the only person I can think of off the top of my head who I've pissed next to is Dell. I've seen Mike Whitney's cock. That was when I was, my old man was playing a charity cricket game and we went to the sheds afterwards. I'm sure I've told this story on here before. And I went to the sheds afterwards and Mike Whitney, obviously, Dave doesn't know who he is, but a former Australian cricketer and host of Who Dares Wins. Uh, very used to the uh, dressing sheds culture. Mm. And just walked in and he was just fucking nude soaping himself in the shower. And he said, g'day to us. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see your old, you know what I mean? Like, I saw my old man's cock growing up, you know? You just, that, that's sort of normal, right? In a house, you'll see that uh, at some stage. <laughs> Mike Whitney's dick, the first dick I'd ever seen, not mine, my brother's or my old man's. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and he said a who dares wins line. We, we made a who dares wins joke at him. I was like, fucking, this is. What did he say? Uh, I can't remember, dude. I just remember it being like, oh, fuck. Because I didn't know him as a cricketer. I knew him as Who Dares yeah, Win. Yeah, I didn't know he played cricket until I was like fucking 20. Same. I was like, holy shit, the guy from Who Dares Wins is naked in the shower. Dad's <laughs> like, well, he actually plays cricket as well. Or he used to anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That's probably it. I mean, they're pretty good answers. Joey Johns, Wendell Saylor and fucking Mike Whitney's dick in a shower. They're great answers. They're great answers. Yeah. On we go. Yeah. G'day, Dior. Don't fucking cancel me out here. Uh, I know who fucking Ken from Kensington is. Now, I literally have enough evidence to prove my point. But let's just say Ken from Kensington is a baggy green member. We'll start off with that and we'll see where it goes. So, Ken, fuck me, then. You're a fucking legend for doing this. But, mate, yeah. I've got you. I've got your Jacko boys fucking got gotcha. you. I thought that was Jacko. <laughs> Love you long time. Bye. Ken from Kensington has a baggy green. Holy shit. That's spicy. I wouldn't mind Jacko just dropping hints. You know what I mean? Like this is the next murder mystery we had. Remember? When the I guy, love murder mysteries. We had the fucking... the. What we need it? to get a list of our baggy green holders. I don't know. I'll I know. Well, King them. Dribbler says he's trying to get back for summer and he's gonna, he wants to organise a baggy greens lunch. King Dribbler does? Yeah. He's such a dribbler. I know. But if every baggy green member is in town, then we'll... We'll have a lunch. Yeah, or for every baggy green member that is in town. I know there's at least two overseas, Hiles and King Dribbler. But he'll Fuck Hiles got his easy. And and he's not the easiest either. I know. But in fairness, but shout out to him. He did what we. Well, are. he sent us a he sent us a signed book of a signed copy of Warney's book. Yeah, no, he and, and, and a bottle of proper twelve, no, which was not right. available in the country. He did all right. He actually did. To be honest, he went a bigger lift than fucking some, who were just like, oh, I fucking listened to the start. I bet you he listened to the fucking start as well. Who was the last one we gave out? Uh, was was it last dribble or the new Jacko. Clark? Might have been Jacko. Jacko potentially or um, uh, Chica got one for that fucking Ian oh. Chapel cameo. Mm. Oh, that was so funny, dude. That was so That funny. was fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go back and watch that again. That yeah, was I know. fucking that hilarious. Was good. Um, anyway, how many more we got, D? Um, I think three or four. All right, let's power through and we don't have long here. 
Tom, Eddie, Dior, Dave, punters, dribblers and dribblers. It's the Northern Beaches dribbler here. Now, I caught up early in the year with stats on how Manly can have a pretty average start to the season and still make finals. And boom, I was right. Now, studying ownery, I obviously cannot ignore the signs of a premiership. Guess what happened the last time a player of ours won the Dallium? It was 08, Matty Orford, the Ox, and we win a premiership 40-0. Another incredible stat to dribble about is that Daly and Kieran have played six final series together and have made the top four in five of them now. Wow. And to Dior Dave, if you want to single-handedly jinx your team again and write another love letter to Chris Lewis pre-match this week, only for him to be dropped last minute and you guys end up losing, that would be awesome. Also, Tom and Eddie, I've realised your live streams of Manly Games guarantee 50-plus wins, so if you could organise that for all of us Manly dribblers throughout finals, the team will forever be indebted to you guys. Anyways, Manly forever, illegitimate premierships, cheating the cap, never. <laughs> Fuck, I love the Northern Beaches dribblet. That's brilliant. She's always spot on. She's always spot on. That Kieran Foran and Daily Cherry Evans stat. Five of six? That That's gets me hard. fucking sick. That's great. They've been there, done it. You need experience at the point of the end. You need experience. Yeah. And we're um, losing in it. We And then you add that Ruben Garrick stat in. Yes, exactly. And then you've got you've and got the Tommy and the Tommy fucking Dally M stat. You've got so many stats now to use. And then like us and our live stream record. It's yeah. all coming together. Live stream record and Manly haven't lost a game since we sent the punters and dribbles hats record. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the plan is to live stream every fucking Manly game if Kempi will allow us. Um, so, love that. Let's move on. Tom, Eddie, Dio, Dave, uh, was reflecting last night on uh, three great games of Saturday football. Um, I can't remember what happened, but they were talking about a shepherd, and I was sort of like, I, I don't know what a shepherd is. And then they were, they were talking for a little bit, and then they ripped out the old-fashioned shepherd, and I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. So, just want to know your thoughts on the difference between a shepherd and an old-fashioned shepherd, because Shepherding I think there's no such thing the personally old, as a shepherd. I think there is only the one and only old-fashioned shepherd. And I really encourage everyone to only refer to the shepherd as the old-fashioned shepherd. And I think, I'm pretty sure that's how it's written in the rule book. So if you could just let me know your thoughts, uh, that'd be great. Cheers. Well, they call the old-fashioned shepherd an obstruction now, don't they? Yeah, that might be the case. That's, yeah, it's an obstruction. Yeah. Whereas when we were playing park footy and footy in the backyard and, when we were learning the and game. school footy, when you're learning the game, you're growing up with the game, the old-fashioned shepherd was an old-fashioned shepherd. Now a shepherd in the modern game is when you... Catch the ball on the inside of the fucking defender's shoulder and the guy runs through. No, like. well, that's an obstruction, but a shepherd now is when you, get in, you stand in front of someone who's going through to catch a fucking highball. Is it not? Isn't that that's, an escort? No, that's an escort. That's an escort. Yeah. So what's he referring to? I think it's still called a shepherd and an obstruction. I think it's like having two names for the same yeah. thing. I think in Union they still call it shepherd, don't yeah. they? I think it's more just... Because Union's an old-fashioned game. Because I think, I think the way that it's mainly... But why is he saying refer to it as the old-fashioned shepherd? I'm trying to work that out. Because, well, that's what all the commentators the call commentators it. The commentators call yeah. it an old-fashioned shepherd, I think. I think it just should be called a shepherd. I think they should... I don't, well, obstruction I don't mind, should be yeah, get rid of obstruction. Out. But I think I do like what this dribbler is saying, which is just 
call it an oh, old-fashioned yeah, yeah. shepherd. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's an old-fashioned old shepherd. That's an old-fashioned shepherd. Yeah, okay. I like that. I like that too. Instead of shepherd, yeah, you got to say it's an old-fashioned shepherd. Yeah. I think that's what he's saying. I completely agree with you. Yeah, so that's an old-fashioned shepherd. There needs to be a time and a place for... Old-fashioned shepherds. Old-fashioned shepherds and, you know, things that birthed the game. Yeah, well, I mean, you could say that you and I are old-fashioned shepherds in that, you know, our flock is punters and dribblers. And we're shepherding them. We're shepherding them through the life that, you know, we all live. Yeah. We are shepherds. Of sorts. But we're old-fashioned shepherds. And we <laughs> overlook our flock of yeah. punters and dribblers. Yeah. But we're certainly old-fashioned shepherds. Before the game of rugby league even started, shepherds were a thing and we're those sort of shepherds. Looking over our flock of sheep and dribblers. Who are sheep. Who follow us. Yes. Because we're shepherds, old-fashioned Old-fashioned shepherds. In this life, you're either a shepherd or a sheeple. That's it. Uh, but you can't all be shepherds. No, you can't. We can't all be shepherds, old-fashioned shepherds at that. But Eddie and I just happen to be old-fashioned shepherds. <laughs> Which is 100% what this episode is going to be called. And there will be a photo of us. With shepherds and overlooking our flock of sheep, which is going to have little heads of dribblers on there. <laughs> so there's that. Let's move on. Let's wrap this bitch up. Tom, Eddie, Bong, Jesus. It's Monday morning, boys, and I just need to know: Can I get in now? Yeah! Was that a come on? That sounded more that like a, oh yeah. yeah. Why? I don't know. don't know. He got it wrong. He got it very <laughs> wrong. That was horrible. That was a disgrace. Try again. <laughs> get last come back one. with a come on, dude. What the fuck was we that? We don't do our yes. We do come ons. Yeah. Or goodbyes. But mostly come ons. Come ons and then followed by a goodbye. But it's come ons. All right. Last one. Hey, boys. The uh, Goldie Dribbler here. I'd like to take you back to a journey. Special uh, recent podcast. Yeah, was held as one of the greatest podcasts in sport comedic history by none other than myself. And the part where Aussies need to come on each day was great. However, there was talk of flash mob blokes coming right on, and I took that as a promise. Not sure if it was. But I, for one, think that's a fucking excellent idea, and I want to fucking see it. And if this idea has any potential, we can get it going. A video of just a true blue group of hello sport disciples absolutely fucking ripping in, ripping and tearing, and just coming on in a busy popular area in the middle of fucking Bondi or similar would be fascinating and hilarious nonetheless. And I want to know, can we make it happen? Cheers, blokes. You know the right thing to do. See ya. A flash mob of come-ons. Yeah, I mean, it could certainly happen. I'd prefer if this guy organised it, but <laughs> certainly at some point, whenever the, the, the restrictions drop, the board is open and we can start... Coming you know, on again? The wheels turning of sort of the, the Hello Sport tour, then we'll certainly get a flash mob of come-ons going. But until that time, there's nothing we can really do, you know? It's just a pipe dream. It's just a pipe dream at this point, but a, a flash mob of come-ons will happen. Um... So thank you so much for your dribble. And that's us for another week, Edward. See you later. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>